Blog Talk Radio. Arizona. All right. 
Now, we know Arizona is, is, is famous for Sheriff Joe Apiro, however you pronounce the clown's name. And, of course, we went over him last week so much, I, y'all should know, okay? He's the one that was sentenced, pardoned. No, he was convicted, pardoned, then sentenced. Yeah, something like that. But now he's running for, for um, the Senate. So we have this young man over here with me, Mr. Espinoza, and we're going to bring him um, uh, we're gonna bring him on here in a little bit. All right. But first, before we go, we're going to go ahead and, and, and try and get this, this uh, song of the day out the way. Now, I know we had a little problem with that Friday that going out. So let's see if it's going to work <laughs> earlier in the show. All right. So without further ado, man, here's Rag and Bone Man with Human. I'll see y'all in about three minutes and 25 seconds. <laughs> Maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this And see what's behind Got no way to prove it So maybe I'm lying But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror And what do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? What you believe Cause I'm only human After all And you're only human After all Don't put the blame on me Don't put your blame on me Don't put the blame on me. 
Don't put the blame on me I'm only human, do what I can I'm just a man, I do what I can Don't put the blame on me Don't put your blame on me Alright, that's my song, y'all Y'all can tell that's my song You heard me humming a little bit Yeah, yeah, y'all know Y'all ain't know me talking hum a little bit, did you? <laughs> anyway, don't put the blame on me Alright, welcome back to the show That was your song of the day, man Rag and Bone Man Called Human I love that song I, I really do uh, It just speaks something to me But, uh, yeah Just have to remember that, man We're all human So, you know, you can't go around Blaming stuff on other people Just because you failed to do something, you know. If you don't want the truth, don't ask a true friend. That's what I always say, you know, because a true friend should be able to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And speaking of that, you know, that's something that goes on like uh, what we got for the quote of the day today. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I just walked right into that without even trying. Boy, I'm good, aren't I? Ha. Anyway. Here's a quote of the day, y'all. Good judgment comes from, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. And that was uh, Will Rogers said that, you know, and it's true. Good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of those comes from a bad, from bad judgment. Now, you know, I could go all kinds of ways with this. <laughs> I really, really could, but I'm gonna be good today, and I, I'm gonna go the right way here with this. Look, it's simple. We always say, even in a, whether you're you're in a relationship, you're working, you're playing sports, whatever. This this quote here really resonates should resonate with everyone because it's true. You learn from your experiences. You do. If you go and ask somebody a question for advice, and they haven't been through it, then how can they tell you? You know what what. You know, you understand what I'm saying? How can they tell you or advise you if they haven't been through it? Now, the key is, once you do things and keep doing things, because remember, I always say failure is a part of success, right? Failure is a part of success. If you ain't failing, you're not really trying to be successful. That's what I'm about to tell you, okay? Now, moving right along, okay? So, let me pull this back up again so I'll make sure I get it right. All right, so. And a lot of that comes from bad judgment, which, in other words, we make a lot of mistakes. We use, we, we, we use bad judgment sometimes in the sports world all the time. I'm not going to mess with you, you, you Saint fans, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And all, or you Steelers fans, y'all know what I'm talking about. But anyway, you know, bad judgments lead to mistakes. Now, that is still an experience. So the question is, next time you put in that position – Will you do the same thing you did before that was not good? Or will you remember that experience and use better judgment or good judgment to be successful? Simple. Simple. Just that easy. But sometimes we make just the simplest things the hardest. And it does they don't have to be. They don't have to be. Okay. So and I'm going to leave that right there for right now. I really am. Because later on, as I come back, <laughs> later on, as I come back to the topic of, I mean, the quote of the day, because I know I'm going to roll back to the, I'm going to roll back through here to this. I'm um, <clears throat> We're going to get really into this. But anyway, moving right along. You know, 
as I was saying earlier, we you know we go and we we plan um you know wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, okay, when you make decisions that cause you pain, you learn not to do that again sometimes sometimes <laughs> sometimes and, and I'm sorry, that was a text I just got as far as the quarter day, and I can't just leave that right there because that, that's that's something important there. But you know what? The thing about when you make a decision that causes you pain, you learn not to do that again. Sometimes. Depends on what the pain is and what that what what what, what you know, what that decision is. See, and, and I'm glad I got that text because really that that's that's an important thing because some things, some experiences. How can I put this? You will be go. You will go through again and again. It's just inevitable. Now the 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 the, the, the degree of pain that you shall suffer going through things like quote unquote love, you know, um, may vary on the person. It really does. But you know, I, but even through pain, you still learn. You still learn from that pain. Sometimes it's a hard lesson to learn, especially if you just feel as though you're going or do going through it over and over. You bring you in that cycle where you just go round and round and round and round and round. Then, yeah, you are in a bad cycle, and you're bringing the pain on yourself, basically. You know, because so, so sometimes we got to stop and pay attention. You know, I, I know where I know where you want me to go. I ain't going there. I let you leave that to you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, the pain is the pain is is, is something. Okay, <laughs> pain is something. All right, but I want to get to get on with with the with the show because as I said. You know, we sometimes you plan you plan to do a show a certain way, and then something comes up, and you cannot you cannot let it get by. All right, and the same how and this is what happened. I was having a conversation with one of the guys I was um, deployed with in the military with uh, David Espinoza, and we were having a conversation, and come to find out, he's running for the U.S. Senate in the state for the state of Arizona. So I offered him a a spot on the show today, and he politely took me up on it. So we're going to have a conversation with Mr. David Espinosa, candidate for the U.S. Senate in the state of Arizona. So what I'm saying is if you want to call in and ask Mr. Espinosa some questions, you might be welcome to do that because, hey, we're going to get in a deep conversation here. I'm telling you, I already know. All right, so if you have any questions, let's do it. But Right now, before we go any further, let's go ahead and pray, Mr. David Espinosa into the house. Hello, hello. How you doing, Sergeant Jackson? Thank you, thank you for uh, letting me come on. <laughs> no problem, dude. You, you know, I can, <laughs> hey, I, I, I've been offered you this 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 spot, man. You just You've been you've been busy, okay. But let's just say you've been busy, okay. You know, <laughs> as I as I go through my Facebook, I, I I have I can't believe the messages that I get when I when I post stuff on there, and I see you and other people that that I've I've served with, and I get private messages that are worse than the actual messages that are on my Facebook. 
and I, I, I go ahead and try to tell everybody what I think. <laughs> well, I mean, that's yeah. not a bad thing, though. That's not a bad thing. No, it's it not. Means everybody knows, you know, everybody knows where, where you stand on, on certain um, topics and items, you know. So before, right. before we go any further, hey, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, man, so they know who okay, you know, um, could feel for you. Will do, will do. My name is David Espinosa Jr., and I'm running for the U.S. Senate position being vacated by Jeff Flake. Uh, he's retiring. Um, there's three people that are that are running against me that are hardcore Republicans, um, and um, I believe I can beat them. I'm a very, very long shot. That is a fact. There's no doubt uh, my campaign is being financed by my retirement pay. Like, you know what I'm saying? So what it is is since I am a long shot, I can speak the truth in a heartbeat, and they can't say anything about it. The one thing I've always told people is as long as you're telling the truth, you can't argue with it. So my truth sometimes is the same as somebody else's, but I'm willing to listen. And that's that's one of the biggest differences I have, and a lot of people that know me know that I'm willing to listen to anybody. Somebody that hates me, I'll listen to you. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't, and I can't change it or I can't change it. It all depends on the conversation, but we have to have the conversation. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Nice and simple. Nice and easy, man. Nice and easy. Almost as easy as driving across the berm back in the day. But anyway, we won't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I at least made sure all the weapons were ready to go when you did, you know. (laughs) That's right. We we appreciate that. We really did. (laughs) I know I did anyway. But anyway, <laughs> let's get down to business, man. As All right, let's do this. Week, as of last week, Sheriff Joe Aparo Perro, you know who I'm talking about, decided he's going to run I for do. the seat, um, vacated by Flake as well. Now, I think, you know, you, you probably, you call yourself a long shot, and um, I think you probably had a good shot until he entered. Do, do you think he's going to call? Actually, he made, he made it, he made it, he made it better. He made it easier for me. Yeah, sorry about that. He made it easier for me, believe it or not. Yeah, he made it easier for me. Um, the th- the thing is, Sheriff Jorah Pyle, I've actually had the opportunity to talk with him or try to talk to him on four different occasions uh, through a nonprofit that, that I share my heart with. Um, every time I tried to talk to him, it wasn't like he had the time of day for me, okay? Uh, he had two bodyguards at the time. Every time, everywhere he goes, he's somebody had to protect him because he was in fear for his life pretty much. And with everything that he's done, I I don't doubt that he is in fear of his life. The fact that he's running for the U S Senate, it is beyond ridiculous. Uh, the man just, he's full of himself. I don't know if it's a publicity stunt. I don't know if he's just trying to fill his bank account to, con- to continue to, um, to, just take the taxpayers' money is what he's been doing this whole time. Um, if you if you got a if you got a question, I'll answer it, or I'll just keep going. You <laughs> let me know. <laughs> no, hey, hey, man, we, it was just me and you right now, so we got we got plenty of time. Okay. Um, I I I, um, I, I told you, oh, we you know I want to hear what you, what's on your mind. You see, okay. because you are running for a Senate seat, and okay, so my, my so let me put it like this. If, if if you're gonna run, if you're gonna run for any office 
here in this country, you know, you should, the people should know who they're going to be voting for, what that person stands for, and who who it is. See, like you just said, Oparo, he's got bodyguards and carrying on. Okay, but you, do you really need all that? Or it's just, you know, in his case, he probably does because all the dirt he's done. You know, but in your case, this is your time to shine. You're well, going out worldwide. So everybody's listening to you right now. Okay, so, you got you to, okay. All right. Gerard Pyle was convicted of criminal con- criminal contempt. It's not a felony. Right. It's not really a misdemeanor. It's a little bit like in between. It's something that a judge can find you in. They could put you in jail. They could find you. They could. I mean, it, it's something that a judge will find what will do against you. Um, he was convicted. Straight and He was sentenced, and he was pardoned by the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Uh, I'm a big supporter mm-hmm. of Donald right. Trump. I, when he pardoned him, I was like, you know what? That's a good thing. All right. Why, like why it or not, Sheriff Jorah Pyle, Sheriff Pyle, he gave most of his life serving the community. Now, what he has done in the last 10 years, 20 years, 15 years has been very suspect. Okay. The fact that he was, I don't even, I don't even call him Sheriff Joe. I call him Jorah Pyle. Mr. Pyle, all right, has cost the Arizona taxpayer over $70 million and climbing. That's in legal fees. That's, that's what the, the citizens of Arizona in their taxes is going to pay for what this man has done. Okay. He was going out around and having his, his sheriff deputies. All right. They were profiling Latinos, Mexicans, whatever you want to call it. Um, they would see you driving around in the car. They'd stop you for any reason whatsoever. All right, that's that's profiling. That's racial profiling. It happens to Mexicans. It happens to Black people. It happens to Chinese. It happens to everybody. Okay. Uh, the only thing was that Joe Pyle had his deputies doing this by him ordering them to do it. Okay. Basically, what he was doing he was making the Maricopa Sheriff's County into an immigration service. Okay. They're not an immigration service. They're not part of the immigration. They're not. They're not Border Patrol. They are sheriffs. They're supposed to be out there for the public good, all right? They're supposed to be protecting me, protecting you, the public, all right? It is not their job to find people that are here illegally, okay? Now, let's just say it was 10 people that they stopped, and half of them were here illegally. They get them, they take them to the immigration, they deport them or whatever, all right? The other half are United States citizens of our country. They are citizens of our country being stopped maliciously and it is against our constitution. Okay? We have a right to search and seizure. You can't just come into my house. So I don't think you should be allowed to just stop me just because you feel like it. Okay? Um, <laughs> Very interesting. That's just the, Very interesting. But, you know what I'm saying? But before, before, you, before you get going any further, because you, you brought up a lot of stuff today, and I, want to, I don't want us to glaze over it, because like I said, we have nothing but time. So let's, let's, let's okay. ask you this. Um, have you ever gotten pulled over during this, this racial profiling period? Of course. Okay. But they stopped me, and, now, and mean, see, the thing is, uh-huh. The difference between me being stopped and somebody else being stopped is that I am a you you know I'm a combat veteran and you better explain to me why you're stopping me. 
Okay. I'm not just going to take your word for it. Just because you're, you're in power or you feel like you're empowered over me doesn't give you that power. All right. You have to actually be civil. You want me to be civil towards you? You will be civil towards me, but I will give you civility first. I'll be the first one to give you respect. Now, if you want to lose it, that's completely 100% up to you. Okay. Now, have I been stopped? I've been stopped in Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas. I mean, we're military, brother, and that's how that's what happens, you know. Um, well, but, yeah, we, but, we, but, work, but we work really is, hard. And you know, I, I hate the course, but what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is I know you got that Latino look, so, you know, was there any, <laughs> any, 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 special, any special way they, they, they asked you questions or made you get out the car or what have you, or, the, you know, you just they just – Okay. I'll go through. I'll go through one inst- I'll go through one instance where I actually got out of the car. Um, okay. The officer pulls me over. He tells me there's something wrong. I'm like, okay, what's wrong? Do you want my license and insurance? He goes, yeah, can I see your license and insurance? I give it to him. I ask him what's wrong, and he's like, well, hold on. And he walks back to his car and walks back up to my car. I said, can I ask you why you stopped me? He goes, can you please get out of the car? I'm like, why did you stop me? I mean, you just don't ask somebody to get out of the car unless you, unless I have a warrant or, or right. something like that, you know, honestly. Right. Right. He, was like, can you please, he actually said, can you please get out of the car? So I got out. All right. As we were talking okay. and stuff like that, it, he ended up letting me go, you know, like with a warning because he couldn't prove why he stopped me. Okay. I kept asking question after question after question after question, hoping to get an answer. And I finally ended the conversation with him. I was like, you know what? I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and finish this right here. I want your supervisor right now. He goes, what? I said, under, under, the, under the law, I'm allowed to ask you for your, for your supervisor, and you have to call him. By law, you're going to call him over here, and he's going to explain why you stopped me. Okay? Um, he gave me back my license, my insurance. He goes, Mr. Espinosa, you're free to go. Have a good day. I'm just letting you off with a warning. I was like, a warning about a warning about what? <laughs> you know? uh-huh. So what do I do? I get in my car and I go on my way. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing else you can do. You know, but that's that's just life. Yeah. That's, that's the way it is. Um, the thing the thing that every citizen needs to needs to remember is that if you are pulled over by a police officer. Give them respect, all right? They do put their lives on the line every day, and you might not have done anything wrong at all, but just give them the respect they deserve. But like I said, if you give it to them, they can lose it, all right? You have to know the law. You have to know that the law is truly on your side, but you have to know how to, how to talk to people. You can't just start cussing them out and yelling at them or whatever because then they're going to they're gonna escalate it. You're going to escalate it, and like me and you know, one shot's fired, thousand will go the other way. You know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. that's what I say about that. All and right. See? <laughs> that's some good advice. <laughs> Look, that's some good advice. The way they, the way they be shooting folks these days. You know, yeah, that's a good See, advice. See, that's the thing. They're so, shooting folks. <laughs> yeah, they shooting folks. <laughs> me, look, me, you know how to get around it, but the, the normal Joe don't. So, you know, we shoot back. But let, let me ask you yeah. another question. Since you're running for the U.S. Senate, what is your platform? You know, what are you running on? What's, what's going to be your agenda? Well, the one thing I tell a lot of people is that I don't have taglines. I have solutions, okay? 
you ask any of my other candidates, what, what about immigration? Oh, we got we to gotta sell our immigration. Uh, what about the border wall? Oh, we need a border wall. Um, they ask them about the VA Veterans Administration. What about the, we got to fix the Veterans Administration. Okay. I turn around and I say, well, what is your plan for the wall? What is your plan for border? What is your plan for the VA? What is your plan for health care? Well, we're, we're going to work on that. No, I have plans. I actually have, I actually have, I actually have a plan for DACA. Okay. I actually have a, a plan for immigration. Um, I have a plan to fix the VA. I have a plan to fix healthcare. Um, it's, it's the, the way, the way I tell people is that I am just your normal everyday guy. Okay. I am the red blooded, hardworking, serve this country, want to serve and will continue to serve every day of my life because I love my country. I am that guy. Okay. And as that guy, I've come up with, with, with ways that, that I think would, would work. Okay. All right. Um, so let's, let's, I think what, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and get into specifics and, um, you know, and, and, and talk about exactly what is your platform. And I mean, since DACA and immigration are the biggest things that's going right now, because if they don't get something done on that uh, Friday, we got a government shutdown coming, coming again. So, what are you yeah, that could be very interesting <laughs> right there. There ain't no doubt. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and lay out my my DACA for you. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and and basically what this is, this is this is the skull and bones of what I think should happen. Okay, okay. everything can be adjusted. The amount of years, the the fees that that that, that I'm talking about, all that can be adjusted. Okay, the thing is, it does give. <clears throat> the the DACA Dreamers is what I call them. It gives them a mm-hmm. path to citizenship. Okay, since everybody wants to wants to want everybody wants to go ahead and they keep calling them children, which kind of irritates me a little bit because they're adults. Okay, um, every person that, that has signed up as a DACA person that has signed up and registered right now that has an ID that has a social security number that can go to school and work, those people right there are the registered DACA people, all right? And from the okay. time that President Obama signed signed the agreement to let them stay and give them status, which was mm-hmm. illegal, okay? But from that time to now, your oldest DACA person would be about 32, 33 years old. Okay? So here here's here's my here's my 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 plan, all right? My plan has three options to becoming a, a citizen in the United States. Or DACA. Okay. One, mm-hmm. they have to serve in the military. Okay. That's eight years mm-hmm. active, with four years being active, four other years being active or reserve, National Guard, whatever that state has. Okay. Option right. one, that's one A. Option one B is ten years in National Guard or reserve status. Okay. Option mm-hmm. number two, okay. they become they become a first responder for nine years. Okay. The reason it's nine years is because of the possible dangers to the job, and first responders work 40 to 60 hours a week, odd shifts. They have to be in good health. They have to be on constant alert and so on, okay? What I consider a first, what I consider a first responder would be a police officer, firefighter, nurse, uh, emergency medical technician, you know, that kind of that, – people that arrive and aid at the scene of emergency, they're the first ones there. They're putting their life on the line somehow, Okay. That is a nine-year service, okay? 
option number three, it's a 10-year service, okay? The third option is because you can't, you don't want to do number one because you don't want to be in the military. You don't want to be a first responder. You don't want to be a police officer, firefighter, or whatever. But option number three allows you to be an educator, okay? Or you will work for a nonprofit within the community that you, where you live, okay? Or you could be a national nonprofit like the Red Cross. So I'm saying like, um, like I serve it up by the bootstraps, okay? That has been my number one nonprofit for the last four years, five years now, okay? Now, right. under option number three, they, they, they do that service for the community. They're a teacher, they're an educator, whatever. They work for a nonprofit in the community. So they're serving their community, okay? The only, the only part about option number three is different from option number two and one is that in option number three, they have to pay a $10 per month pretty much donation, which is tax deductible, right, to, the, to a nonprofit in their local area. Mm-hmm. All right. So after they go through, through through these options, all right, they 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 have to they have to meet certain requirements. Okay. The moment okay. the moment that they that they want the moment that they want requirement number one is they have to register, not the registration that they have currently, but they have to go to their local police station. They get fingerprinted. They get a picture. Right. They're run through the national data database. Okay to see if they are a felon, a convicted felon. Not one that might be going to court and stuff, but one that a convicted felon. If you're a convicted felon, your deportation starts now. Okay? But if you're not, you take that fingerprint card, you take that I that, that photo that they took of you, and you go to INS, the Immigration Naturalization Service. Okay? And I have them I have them handing out a passport. You know what a pa- you know what a passport looks like? Your, it has all your information, little book. Right. Come on. INS. Right. Right. (laughs) Even though we travel most of the world with just our military ID, I do know what a passport is. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, they they go to INS and they get this. They they get this passport. All right. Mm -hmm. And basically, this passport is going to be their chronological evidence of them being in the United States for the for ten years. Okay. To the date, or not eight years, ten, nine years, or ten years. Option one, two, or three. All right. As soon as they finish finish the the, the passport and get all the all the signatures, not signatures, but stamps on there that they're supposed to have, they go to INS and they they turn it in with their paperwork, and you're a citizen of the United States. Now, the passport is is has three things to it for sure. Okay. Number one, there's a fee that all DACA and Dreamers will pay. All right. It's twenty dollars a month. Okay, remember I say it can be adjusted, but it's twenty dollars a month. Okay, for ten years. For the ten years. Twenty dollars. Or actually, it's for the actually it's for eight years because the least of the of the service to be a citizen is eight years. So I made it eight years across the board. Okay, so twenty dollars a month for eight years. All right, that twenty dollars will go to. I mean, what is it? You know, that, that $20 will go to border security, okay? That's what it's for. It's to offset the tax burden on, on, on the American taxpayer is what it is. And basically what it comes down to is even though the Dreamers were brought across by their parents, they're still here illegally. Anybody who, who has a crime or commits a crime, they're, they're fined 
or they're jailed. Okay. So what we're doing is we're fining you for a fee, right? Until the time you become a citizen. Once it, once you become a citizen, that's over with. You have paid your dues. I figure this is the best way for, for people to do this because the American public will say, you know what, well, they're paying their due. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's free. Mm-hmm. If you believe something in life is free, show me. Okay? <laughs> because, okay. <laughs> because, right? Um, <laughs> right. Okay, so during during these, these requirements of getting the passport and paying the fees, they have to check in. Every month that they go in to pay the fee, they'll pay it at the local police department. The police department will put a stamp on on, on their book, okay? Basically, it'll show that they paid their fine every month, all right? Every six months, they have to update their, their passport to make sure all the, all the, all the information is correct. So they go to either their, their local police department or they go to the immigration actualization and they get a big stamp that says all information is currently correct or amended, okay? So they can amend okay. like if they moved or whatever. They're one of the big reasons that I make this a local thing, like a police department type deal where they go to pay a fine at the local judge, local magistrate, is because it relieves the federal burden of the court system. You see what I'm saying? So okay. this is the easiest way I can find for it to be a path to citizenship. Now, understand, with everything that, that's being given to you, all right, everything that we're giving, giving a dreamer to become a citizen comes with consequence, Okay. If at any time you're convicted of a felony, you get deported to the state of your birth or the country of your birth. Okay. If if you if you fail to pay all your fine by the end of by the end of the fines by the end of eight years, if you fail to pay everything, you'll be deported. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's simple as that. Mm-hmm. There's there's none of this gray area. It, I I'm a black and white kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? I okay. I don't really. All right. I don't really swim in the gray area, okay? You either do this or you don't, okay? All right? You fail to check You fail to check in every six months, you get deported, okay? Now, if there's an emergency, you've been hospitalized, something like that, whatever whatever that, that month, you, whatever you had to do that month that you failed to do can be deferred to the end plus one month, okay? So let's say I paid right. seven years... 11 months of fines or my fee and I go to the hospital on the 12th month and I couldn't go pay my $20. All right. I can go pay that $20 after that, that eighth year that, you know what I'm saying? But I get extended an extra month. Okay. Okay. And you can only have three extensions on, on, on the payment of your fee. On your check-in, where you update your file, where you update your your, your passport, you can only have right. one time that you, that you can extend it out. So if in that six months I fail, then at the very end, I have to check in and I get what? Another six months. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, and then right. that's it. So here's, here's, here's another question then. Uh, I mean, if that, okay. that's the case, um, Number one, does it does this plan include migrant workers? You know who may want to become no. Nope. Only if that migrant no. worker was a was a dreamer. It's the only way. This is just dreamers, okay? This is just children that that have already pretty much somehow they've they've already gone through the system. They've already they've already registered. 
You know what I'm saying? This is just Dreamers DACA. I have an immigration plan, all right, which is kind of in the same realm, but this is just Dreamers, okay? These okay, are the children that were brought over here. Right. All right. Okay. Now, you got to understand this. this just, all, all Dreamers. Okay, just wait. Right. Hold on for a minute. Let me, let me see if we can get some clarity. Okay, this plan here that you're, you're, you're talking about is just for DACA, the Dreamers. This is, this is not Dreamers, DACA. to do with the, the big Im- immigration, correct? No, I have a plan for that. I, yeah. Okay. The plan for that is similar right. to this. All right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot similar to this. And, um, but this, this, this is just the Dreamers. Okay. Now, the, the thing you got to understand about the Dreamers is that they've already been in the United States as children. Okay. That's, that's, that's the one criteria they must meet in order to be a DACA, a, in, in DACA, is that they had to be here when they were children. Um, okay. So they've already now, gone through either. Age? I'm sorry. What, eight, what is the age? 18. Eight, 18 at eight, before 18 years old, they have to register as uh, as being in the United States, brought over by a parent, or come over by themselves at the age of, before the age of 18. That's my understanding. Okay, because after 18, okay. you're an adult, and you should go through the immigration system like you should. Okay. All right. All right. Not only that, once you're 18 and once you're an adult, you you you're making your choices in life on your own. You're legally responsible 100% for yourself. Okay. True. So that's why that's that's why that's that's why I have option one A one B because they get to go into the military, 18. Um, the reason they go out into the workforce for option number two as a first responder, 18. They could you know number three option number three, that that's pretty much they could start at 16 volunteering. Nonprofit and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So that's that part. Now, I mean, that, All right. that, that, that sounds like a good plan. Now, here's the question: yep. If you're elected, how are you gonna get? How are you gonna introduce that to, to you know the the, the the big you know the Senate, the big dogs in the Senate? And what All right. we have a pushback? I mean, let's be honest. This is. You be uh, I'll, I'll be honest. This is this is that, that this question you just asked me. Is the number one question that every representative in Congress or every, every representative in D.C. is going to hate me for, okay? Okay. Because I am sick and tired of them not doing anything, all right? I believe in public shaming, okay? It's, per, it's simple. It's the way it is. I am going to have a website dedicated 100% per Congress member, per Senate member, per House representative, it's going to have their names, their addresses, their phone numbers, everything you need to contact that representative. And I'm going to put, this is the bill. This is a simple form, and this is the long bill. So you can read it. And I'm going to put on there, vote yes or nay, that, that which way they're voting. Okay? And if they're a nay, I'm going to put them in my most wanted list. And I'm going to shame them every chance I get. Because it's time we the people are heard and we the people's problems are dealt with. Mm. Sorry, was I yelling? That sounds, <laughs> that's that's kind of. Like, oh, you're not yelling. <laughs> you're not yelling at all. I mean, that sounds like a good plan. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm all for it. But you know, I, looking at what what we are dealing with right now, okay, from from 45 to you know McConnell and all the other little crooks up there, you know that you're gonna have a battle. On your hands, but before well, we go any further, I got somebody. Well, go ahead. I got somebody want to ask you a question, though. But go ahead, real quick. All right, go ahead. No, 
No, you go ahead. Oh, me? Me? Okay. Yeah. Well, the, the the reason the reason the reason I'm doing the most wanted and the reason that I'm going to do that is because we now in this century have a format or have a, a way to to get our word out there and like it or not. Uh-huh. Phone calls, emails, mail, snail mail, however you can get a hold of your congressman, your elected representative is a way for you to get a hold of them. And what they do is they sit there with a ticker and like 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5, I'll shoot 5,000. I have to address this now. Damn. It's what they do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Until they get a certain number of people or a certain amount of people that are interested in the subject, they will not even talk about it. They'd rather just sit back on their laurels, collect a paycheck and do nothing and settle with the status quo. All right. And that's just not the way government's going to be anymore. It can't. Because we, the people, have a way to make sure that they don't. And that is like right now. I'm on I'm on my phone, in my house, talking to you, talking to th- a lot of people. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm right, hoping it's right. thousands, Eric. I ain't going to lie to you. I'm hoping you have a million out there. But it, it's this, this is the way we do it. We, we have right. a way to make sure that our representatives listen. The only thing is, how are we going to make them listen? We're going to go ahead and, like I said, I'm going to publicly shame them. I'm going to go on the Internet every Saturday from 9 to 12 and talk to my constituents or anybody that wants to talk to me the way you are right now. I'm going to have my assistant next to me asking me the questions that people are asking. I'm going to be doing a live feed answer, town hall, basically, all right, right. telling them where we at. Yeah, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Um, Are you going to be completely accessible and the P word here, transparent with your constituents. Even right. if I'm, glad, I'm so glad you said transparency. Campaign. I ain't gonna lie to you. Okay, wait a I am wait so wait glad wait that you said now, transparency. Even, even, hold on, hold on, hold on, David, hold on. Now, even if you you promise something in your campaign, but once you get up there on the hill, you can't deliver. You know, for whatever reason, are you gonna be a strong enough candidate to come back and say, "Look, this is what happened." Or is that a part of your shaming that you were just t- talking about? Right, right. The thing. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, you said transparency. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna institute a whole new way of being transparent. Okay, and I hope it becomes the standard for all of our representatives. All right. This is what I'm gonna do. Every single one of my offices will be wired for video and sound. You will be able to log onto a web page, and if you want to see what's going on in the Tucson office, if you want to see what's going on in the Phoenix office, if you want to see what's going on in my DC office, you can sit there and basically you are a fly on the wall. I call it the fly on the wall, okay? And basically you'll be able to hear and see everything that's going on. All of my meetings, everything will be recorded. The only thing that will not be recorded is anything that's of a secretive nature, all right? And even then, I have a problem with that, okay? I don't believe government should have any secrets, all right? But everything will be recorded. I'll have somebody next to me that will be fielding questions, okay? And they'll slide the question over to me, and I'll answer it. Or if they have a question for the person I'm having a meeting with, I will ask that question, okay? That's transparency, okay? So basically, what what you're going to do is you'll log into my office in D.C., and like we did right now, in five minutes, I'm having a meeting with the NRA, Okay, you'll be able to hear everything that they're pitching to me, and uh, you'll be able to see or hear 
the questions and see the questions, you'll be able to interact. Okay. I'm a 100% second amendment person. I mean, I was the armor for the whole battalion. I mean, come on, how can I not be in uh, a second right. amendment guy? Right. But right. the thing right. is that the other thing about this is, if somebody's coming in and trying to be shady, yeah. How can you, will they, you're being recorded. You're being videotaped. You say something that's against the law, I'm going to turn you in. I'm not one of these congressmen that you try to bribe me and, and sit. Go ahead. Yeah, that was my next question. What if they don't want you to be on? What if they don't want to be filmed? Are you still going to be? Uh, are you still going to deal with them? Listen to what they have to say. Or okay. Say, Look, I've, I've already gotten this. This is this is awesome. Okay. I've already gotten this. Okay. Um, all right. If, if they don't want to be filmed, if they don't want the only people that will actually be private will be the, the, the citizen, my constituents. My constituents can come to me and meet with me, and if they don't want to be recorded, I won't record them. It's a personal thing. But at the end of the meeting, I'll ask them if I could release the videotape. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So right. if, yeah, a public official, if a public official doesn't want to meet with me, if a public mm-hmm. official doesn't want to meet with me, if a lobbyist doesn't want to meet with me, if so-and-so doesn't want to meet with me, that's fine. Don't. I'm going to shame you. I'm going to say so-and-so would not meet with me and be recorded and have our meeting recorded because he doesn't want to be recorded. Well, yes, me, the way I feel personally is if you're not willing to be recorded, if you're not willing to put whatever you say on the record, then you have a problem. I don't. I will stand behind whatever I say. Okay, right or wrong, I will stand behind what I say. That That's the one thing about me that everybody that knows me knows. I'm the guy that if you don't want the truth, do not ask me, okay? I've been in a lot of right. conversations where people are like, you know, just tell me the truth, and I'll ask them, do you really want the truth? And they'll say yes. <laughs> then after it was like, man, I regret telling you that, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I'm not that guy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you, not yeah. that guy. You know, if, if you, but, um, that's what you got I, I, think, I, think, I think what – Yeah, I'm telling you, thank you.
when you wire something by Western Union or MoneyGram, they charge you a fee. So okay. that's one way to pay for that border protection. Right. Real, 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 real quick, okay? Real quick. Um, the, 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 the surtax that you're talking about when they wire money, okay, I do not agree with that. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because you and I, as an American, as an American taxpayer, when we get our money, it's our money. We can do it with, with, with what we want. Okay. Now understand that them being here illegally, I get it. I understand. All right. I was born and raised on the field. I used to pick onions, carrots, tomatoes, cucumbers. You know what I'm saying? I used to. I worked in the field. I was a migrant farm worker. My father brought. His brothers here, his their brother, all of them brought their sisters, and my, my dad brought, you know, his parents. So he was the the natural born citizen. This is back in the early '60s. Okay, now the the, the reason I, the reason you said fifty dollars, that's fine. Okay, I understand. I get it. I, when I say when I talk about monetary fines, or when I talk about times that have to be served, those are those are all can be, you know, up and down. You know, we can we can move those whichever way is best, okay? The reason I say $20 is because over a period of eight years, that's what, $3,800, $4,000 over a period of eight years, okay? So that that is like at least the minimum. I can go out and go to Home Depot, stand right there, and I can go get $100 today. By working, so twenty dollars a month, you can't tell me you can't make that money. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> Fifty dollars, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that would be up for discussion, and I still think that a way to do it. And I have seen that applied for people who send remittances. Well, if the money is leaving the country, it's not circulating within this economy; it's circulating within somebody right. else's economy. Another thing, when a person is told by the courts that they got to leave and they want to appeal, which can take years, they should still be made to go back home. If you want to appeal, we should set up a satellite court down there on the border. So when they come through the gates, they go into the court, depending on how the decision goes, if they say they lose the decision, they go right out the gate and go back home. That should be. Another thing, to my understanding, there's over 300,000 illegals lavishing in United States jails. Those people who are found oh, yeah. to be wealthy should be sent back to their home country. Why do American citizens have to pay for their being able to lavish in this country's jails when you know where they came from, the punishment and the conditions are much, much harsher? Okay. Now, I'm going to let me address that part right there, the jails and the 300000 okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about the border wall is going to cost $14 billion dollars. 18 billion, 21, 20, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I, I, what, what it costs is what it's going to cost. I'm a general contractor. I know what I can build a house for, and I know what it can sell for. Okay. I believe that, that all immigrants that are that along that border, there should be three federal prisons. Okay. For each thousand mile stretch, and those prisoners that are illegal immigrants would have to go serve their time at that federal prison and be the labor force at that prison, driving the cost of building the wall, building, having border security, having having a fence, digging ditches, whatever, okay? But that is the labor force for it, okay? So since you crossed it, 
and you came here illegally, you get convicted, you go to jail for anything, a felony of any kind, or you're convicted and you're, you're going to jail before you get deported back to your country. All right? You are now free labor for our country until you meet your sentence. Then That's on the other player. side, there's a door that opens, and there's Mexico right there. Have a good time. That's a good player, and I got another idea, too. Uh, Donald right. Trump has talked about this. Donald Trump has talked about this in the past. I think that all street drugs should be legalized. Therefore, taking the violence out of the street sales and distribution out of these communities where innocent people are being killed. They should have dispensaries where addicts, addicts are sick people, where they can go into the dispensary and buy the drug that they want, the proper quantity and the proper quality. They can be monitored before they let go, let the, let, let the leave. And guess what? If they want to sign up for treatment, they can. Now, look at this. Okay. What starts so off? You, so you want, the, you want the United States to be Amsterdam? And also Portugal. And also okay. Angola. <laughs> okay. Now, listen at this, Dave. Hang on for a second. What starts off in Peru at $2.20 a kilo? When it reached the cities, when it reached the streets of your major cities, sells for $90,000 a kilo. You just have enough room to tax. That taxation could go for many a thing, including border security, building a wall. But this idea of having all these types of agencies, like cash forfeitures, property forfeitures, okay. pre-dawn, okay. kick in the door and shoot whoever moves, all that goes away. These street shootouts right. by these thugs on the corners, why would they be shooting I never have seen anybody, Dave. Okay, so let me, let me get, let me get this straight. Over a right, over yeah. a bottle of Cuddy Shark, a Jack Daniels, because they can go to the drugstore and buy it. All right. So you you want the, you want you want any citizen that wants to partake of an illegal class one drug to be able to walk into a pharmacy, let's say at Walgreens, and say I'd like to buy cocaine. Now it should be. And they're giving you medical grade. They're giving you medical grade like a dispensary. They're giving you medical grade, but they're only allowed to give you X amount. And then that person goes somewhere else and gets it. And then that person goes somewhere, whatever, okay? Now, well, they got to have ID just the way they do now when you can tell how many, how much of a certain drug, opioids, or drugs that's used for meth and so on, they have a way to know how much that person had previously purchased. Right. Oh. Okay, now, understand, my, my, st- my stance on... on I tend to take the federal stance when it comes to drugs. Whatever is illegal is illegal, all right? But I do have a stance on medical marijuana, on uh, CBDs, that I have soldiers that were my soldiers that I still am in great contact with, that if it wasn't for them partaking of medical marijuana and have moved to Colorado and now California, you know, and here in Arizona, that if it wasn't for that that, that CBD, that, that medical marijuana, they they would have some serious bouts with depression and suicide, wanting to kill themselves all the time. So I see I see the 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 gain to it. I see the gain to medical marijuana. I'm sorry, but I don't see the gain to, you know, going in a drugstore and grabbing grabbing cocaine. It, I just don't well, see the gain to that. Well, don't get the cocaine no matter wherever it, they go get it. But the thing that's plaguing society today. It's the violence that's involved with street sales and distribution, especially in the black community. You have innocent people getting killed. Kids can't walk home from school and play at the same time. 
for being hit by bullets that's being directed to somebody else. That is terrible. It has to stop. Okay, so so well, what do you what do you you just propose to be able to go ahead and is it just people that are already addicted or people that are are on it already that are going to be allowed to do this or just my sixteen year old kid can walk in one day or my eighteen year old who never touched no, drugs ever no, can walk in. they have to be of age they have to be of age just like it is when you go buy alcohol the same rules apply. Mm-hmm. All right, huh, interesting concept. All right, hold on for a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on for a minute. All right, y'all, uh, we are our way into the show, and we got on. We we're having a conversation with U.S. Senate candidate David Espinoza from the state of Arizona. So if you got any questions for him, you can email me. Uh, you can put it in chat room, or you just call three four seven eight three eight eight six two two, and uh, I'll make sure he get them. We got to go over time. I'll make sure he get he get the um the questions and he be able to answer. Now to for Pianki, you know what, Pianki? Um, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work at all. Because, yeah. see, uh, uh-huh. you still have certain individuals that got to make their cut off this thing, you know. And uh, you still have the private prisons that need to be funded. So, no, that is not going to work. But Well, Eric, Eric, it works in Switzerland. It works in Portugal and Angola. We should look at those countries and see what it is that they're doing right Okay. But they're not doing right. If you if you look at their look at their education their education standards, look at look at the people that, that are that are professionals in those countries. They, they're I not have, doing I that well. I have a suggestion okay. for that too, Dave. Uh, Donald Trump has said many times that he's for school choice with vouchers. Give school 100%. choice with vouchers 100%. so that absolutely so parents can put their child where they want to. Nope. I'll be made to keep their child in some of these wretched public schools, whereas the child is not gaining anything. Yeah, right, when it comes so to vouchers, I'm 100 percent for vouchers. 100 percent. You for vouchers? You for vouchers? 100 percent. No, no. 100 percent. No, 100 percent. Right. No, if the public, if the public schools want the children, they have to compete. Uh huh. Oh, okay. They have to compete. They have to yeah. See the th- the problem the problem with, with our school system our private our, our 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 public school system is that they started teaching to a test they don't teach no more they're not they're teachers they're not educators I know educators my heroes in my life are educators okay the reason I became a marine was because of my eighth grade teacher the reason I'm the citizen I am now is because of three I could I Mrs Slade Mrs McCall. You know, Mr. Turner, those were my heroes when I was a kid. Those are the ones that, that saw the problems I had and told me I could be what I want. Don't let anything stop you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Mr. Turner was my PE teacher, and he was like, come on, David, you can do it. You know? <laughs> that kind of thing. But, but yeah. you know, like I'd be over there and be like, <laughs> be over there gasping for breath, being like, I got asthma. No, you don't. Come on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Understand. Here's, 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 here's another interesting um thing. I, I guess since uh, let me ask you: Are you aware there's a law that says if you if you own a handgun, you cannot have any type of uh, drug, marijuana, whether it's legal in your state or not. Uh, it's an automatic felony. 
Yeah. Automatic so, selling. If, yep. if, if, how, how do you feel about that? You know, because now, because you are in a, see, and here's it is, you are, a, you, you said it yourself, you're a big NRA man. You say you form medical marijuana, but by federal law, it doesn't go together. The two can't coexist together. They don't. I, I, th- I think that is a, that, I think that's a constitutional anomaly right there. I think that's a constitutional problem. The one thing that we are granted by our constitution is the right to bear arms. Okay. Now, if I have, if I'm, I'm constitutionally, if I am constitutionally taking advantage of my right and I have a gram of cocaine, all right, you right. should only be able to prosecute me on the gram of cocaine. All right. Because I don't care how you see it. I don't. I don't care if you see me as a drug dealer. I don't care if you see me as anything else. All right. But understand this right now. If you're catching me with a gram of cocaine, you're going to go ahead and indict me for it, and I commit it's a felony, and I get convicted. I lose my rights to bear arms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're catching me before you convict me, and I have a, and I have a weapon, then that weapon doesn't come into play. All right. But if I'm a convicted felon with a weapon with drugs and you caught me, then that weapon comes into play, okay? Hmm. Because I'm a convicted mm-hmm. felony that, that has been stripped of my rights, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Uh, but I also believe that yeah. convicted felons need to have a way to make it easier for them to get their rights back because not everybody who's a felon stays a felon. I'm sorry to tell you. People want to want to go ahead and say, "Oh, you were in the institution you're in, and you're you're going to be there forever. You're going to be part of the system." Well, there's a time we got to kick them out of the system and make them productive members of society. That's just the way it is. You can't continue to push somebody down with your thumb and then ask them to be something that you're holding them down from being. True, true, very true. I agree with that. I agree with that. And actually, that frees up some voters, and maybe that's why they are want to, you know, let them. Um, yeah. So let them get some sitting there with some rights back. Um, here, here's a question for you. I got that was emailed to me. It says, um, "Are you going to take the AIPAC pledge that must be signed once you join if you get elected to Congress?" What was that now? AI. No. Yeah. American AIP. Israel. A, oh, oh, wait a minute. I'll tell you what it is here in a minute. It's American Israel. I knew you should know what it is by heart. It's a pledge where you uh, basically pledge your um, allegiance to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Would you um, take such a pledge? I would not. My my, my uh, single and only pledge is to America. Okay? I'm an American. Um, but when it comes to Israel... But, I am a strong, uh-huh. strong supporter of Israel. Okay, why? but uh, why? Why? Because it's a country that that that's bringing in their their citizens of their religion, and they they want to be left alone. They want to just they want religious freedom, like we wanted back in 1776. You know what I'm saying? They have the right to have their own country, just like we have the right to have our own country. All right, we we we. We have to go ahead and make sure that, that, that people that that are a collective unit, all right? That's a collective state. It's a collective country. They believe the same ways here as they do there or there, you know what I'm saying? But they are their own country, all right? Um, 
and the only pledge I, that I that I I pledged when I was a child, I pledged allegiance to the United States. You know what I'm saying? When I went in the military and Marine Corps, I pledged allegiance to, to my country. When I went in the Army, I pledged allegiance to my country. I have never, ever, even on my retirement, been told you are no longer, you know, far, you, your pledge is over with. You're done. You served your country. You've done this. You know, mm-hmm. you can go about your business and not care. Okay. Right. Now, I'll support right. Israel. 100% will support Israel. To being their own their own nation, their own country, and having their own beliefs. But you won't take the pledge. You won't take the pledge. No, there's no because, because because there's no, there's it, like like part of the DACA agreement and part of the immigration agreement that I have is that you can only mm. have one country, and this is it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh huh. Okay. You know, uh, and for me to, for me to stand there and be hypocritical and say I pledge to you know pledge to be something for Israel, or whatever. No. I will, I will tell you right now, I 100% with all my being will help you all I can. You know, I believe in the way you are. I'll stand up for your rights, but I'm, I'm not a citizen of your country. I'm a citizen of the United States of America. Okay. Hey, I can't. All right. All right. All right. That's good for me. All right. So, with all that, let's, let's, um, Let's bring Pianki in. He said he has a couple of more points. We're gonna try. We're trying to keep it short in case others may have answers. I mean questions. So if you got any questions for Mr. David Espinosa, U.S. Senate candidate, give me a call, y'all. Email me. Y'all know I I, I give it to him. All right, go ahead, Pianki. You back on the air? Well, I want to tell David several other things that I like about Donald Trump. There should be a national right to carry for United States citizens. Otherwise, one hundred percent. Yes. 100%. If you if you are licensed to carry in Missouri, Illinois should not keep you from bringing a gun into their state. Another point: United States need to cut aid that is given to these nations around the world. Humanitarian aid, when there's a catastrophe, I can understand, but this developmental aid does not improve much of anything. Case in point: okay. I know African countries very well. And even the Africans from these countries, like Zambia, write books saying that the aid does no good. It just creates a lot of corruption. And the verbiage okay. that, that was alleged to have been said by Donald Trump calling these nations uh, deplorable, which is areas of them are deplorable. And he was right in saying so. Another thing, you have, you have immigrants here on work visas. All right, you need to speed okay. it up, Yankee. Real You're quick, hang on, hang on, real quick. This is very, very important. You have immigrants here on work visas. When their work visa expires, they should have to go home. What should be is a plan to train American youth, American students for those jobs. You have people from around the world that's commencing professional jobs. I still say that those jobs American youth should be trained for those jobs and put to work. Whenever you go into a migrant going to another country, when that country is ready to say goodbye, they have to leave. Why can't we can't okay. have the same thing uh, here? Let, let me, before you go to the next thing, let me answer your questions real quick, okay, or what your opinions are. Um, every state in the United States 
is a part of the United States. Okay? Our national federal laws and our state laws, they they should they should be like 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 two gears. They should be meshing together. Okay? They sh- if they're not meshing, it breaks, correct? So the thing is on a national carry permit, that's easily fixed. Everybody says that it's hard to fix this. No, it's not. All right? We have the t- ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. We have a department dedicated to firearms, to weapons. All they have to do is come out with a national firearms license. Just like you have to, you have to, you have to register and everything to get your, 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 your pistol, your rifle, whatever. They should be able to issue you a license that's like a class one, class two, class three, class four license that allows you to carry if you take the class or you are properly trained or your prior military, prior police force, prior you see what I'm saying? That should be a national license. The moment they make it a national license, no state would be able to to do anything about it. It's a federal law. You see what I'm getting at? I understand what So that's I'm a saying. really that's a real easy fix. Just nobody wants to fix it. That's a good right? idea. That's the problem. That's the problem with politicians. Nobody wants to fix it. The status quo is: I sit here, I listen to some people gripe, I don't do nothing, and I get paid. And after my six years of service, whatever, I get retirement. I'm good. I'm out. Mm. You well, see what that's a good question. Uh, so, how long do, are you planning? If elected, how long do you plan to be on um, stay in the Senate? Uh, do you have a two end, terms? In you know, in time, two terms. Do you yeah, do you two terms? I, I, I believe I believe there should be I, should, I believe there should be term limits to everything. Uh, for senators, two terms. For House representatives, three, maybe four, uh, because uh, the, the years and in, in that they're that they serve. Um, but right. I believe. The, the one thing, the one thing that I that I have always, always, always believed is the moment you get comfortable, is the moment you get greedy, is the moment you get corrupt. Hmm. Okay, the moment okay. you start seeing the loopholes, that's the moment you need to go. <laughs> okay. You know, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Now, the other thing no, you were, ta- the other thing that that, the other thing Yankee was talking about was um mm-hmm. the. The, the the work visas, okay? Understand this right now. Mm-hmm. I know all about the work visas. I know all about illegal immigration, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. I, I I worked in the fields, okay? Before okay. before my run for the Senate, I was trying to save my honey's grandma's farm. A hundred year old, 150 years old, was this, this farm was 150 years old, and we lost it, okay? Because fires burnt 80% of it down. And the government gave them sixteen thousand dollars. Okay, but understand, I know all about the visas. Okay, I know all about the visas. All right, I think if they come into this country with a work visa to be farmers or whatever, that if they follow the seasons, they're able to work nine months out of the year. There's only three months out of the year that they, they will truly have a hard time finding work when it comes to farming. Okay, but even then, you could still go to different states. When I was a kid, when I was a child. We migrated from Arizona to California, back to Arizona, back to California, and my family had work year-round, okay, depending on how, how 
on what, what was being farmed at the time. Like here in Arizona, you had, you know, everything here, vegetables, whatever, and then fruit, and then you go to California and you do tomato, cucumbers, garlic, and stuff like that. So the work visa, it, it's a good program. It really is. Now, the, what I want to ask Mr. Yankee, is it T-Yankee? What I want to ask you is, do you want the work visas to only be for far, farming, farm low-skill low workers, or do you care if their, their, their visa for working is for a bit better pay, like working no, at McDonald's? No, I said, well, actually, I wasn't even talking about farmers because, I, you know, mechanization is making a change in that uh, particular field. But I was talking about you have engineers, you have doctors, you have other professionals that's coming from other countries because there's a shortage of American professionals. I'm saying that we need to train Americans for those jobs, for those positions. And when okay, Americans now, become available, then those foreigners have to go. What you just said was you're talking about doctors and, and professional engineers and so on, okay? Understand that people that are coming with work visas for those, for those jobs, those jobs are in high demand. If I had a college student right now graduating for ASU as an engineer in computer science, he can find a job within a week. Well, right? I understand those are, those, those are not low-skilled jobs. Those are high-skilled jobs that companies in America are having problems filling. Now, I, I do think it. that if the companies in America, they should try and fill it with American workers before they go somewhere else. Well, yeah, I, I understand it. You know, in India, India had what they call the Indian Institute of Technology. They started those schools back in the late 40s. Well, they would go back around the, the country and, yeah. and they would take kids, take kids through a tracking process to put them in those engineering schools. They have yeah, precise plans. In the United but States, you got to understand, that program you're talking about right there, that is, that, that's a mentor system. It's an education, mentor, and networking system. Okay, they they have been in, in business so long, training so many people that they know people around the world. It's a networking system. It's a system of who you know, not what you know. Well, in and India, as long as you make the grade, in, in India they they have schools where they cite where they uh, where they filter children through. And they come out being engineers, then they are targeted at countries like the U.S., but they come in yeah. and jobs. What I mean, you got to understand, the only, the only way we can compete with that is to make our edu- edu- educational system better, period. I, and it has to I start at that. the public level all the way to the, to the college level. And not only that, these colleges, the amount that they're charging to go to their schools, that is redonkulous. I'm sorry, a little bad on that. Well, but it can be crazy. done. You know, during the Vietnam period, I had an occupational deferment because the the skill that I had was highly needed in my area. Therefore, I was deferred from going to the military. And the reason why is because I went through a school process that prepared me for that. So right, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you an example, okay? I'm going to give you one example of 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 somebody that is highly skilled, okay? Our very first deployment, all right, very first deployment before we even went over the berm, very first deployment when we were going, we were going to war within a, within a few weeks, there was a sergeant major that was, he was coming in. They had, they had called him up. They had reinstated him as a sergeant major. He was retired for like 20 years, all right? 
he was basically had had to go through the medical process, and there was no way he could medically be cleared to deploy. No way. The man weighed over 300 pounds. Okay, but the whole time that he was there, all he was doing was yelling at doctors, telling them, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing this, and I'm not doing that. I am a linguist. That is all I'll do. I'm going to sit behind the desk, tell people what this means, tell people what that means, and tell and communicate between generals and these people. That's it. That's my whole job. So just clear me and leave me alone. <laughs> I laughed so hard that day, okay? All right, I was cracking up laughing. People were like, "Why are you, dude? You gotta see this, Sergeant Major, man. You gotta see this." And I was taking my soldiers over to watch, and all he did was complain the whole time. All right, but what did he do? He still deployed with us. Guaranteed fact. All right, that's skill right. that is needed. Right. So that's what we have to create here in America. We have the skills that are needed. We just have to train people to have those skills. We have to make it easier for them to, to get an education. We have to make it less expensive for them to get an education. We have to give them government deferments of their educational bill, okay, if they go into an area that is needed. You see what I'm saying? Right. All right. That's, that's uh, the way I feel. And it starts at the – all right. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, it probably did. <laughs> it did. Welcome to the show, Miss Lady. How are you today? Pretty good. How are you do? I'm doing? Good, good, good. Oh, Miss Martin. All right, so you got a question? Day. Yeah, um, you know what? I, I'd like to address um, this whole thing about there aren't enough people here that are qualified for these jobs, and they need education, and they need, you know what? Uh, there are, is a group of people, primarily black people, that have had historical racism and discrimination, not only in the educational system, so they can't get through it successfully, but as well as when they do do that, being hired for jobs and then being allowed to be successful on their jobs. There, and that is a huge amount problem when you talk about you can't find quality people. I know personally of physicians, black physicians that have had to sue for discrimination, you know, working in these in these uh, hospitals. I know attorneys that had to sue. I, uh, IT people I met in Silicon Valley that had to sue because they were very, they were all educated. They were all quality people. But either they were harassed, they were bullied, they were targeted, they were set up to fail, they were lied on. There's a prominent doctor. You look at Dr. Christian Head, H-E-A-D, down in Southern California, prominent uh, 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 ear, nose, and throat surgeon who was unbelievably targeted and harassed and bullied, as in, even in, to the extent where they weren't even putting his check, in, uh, depositing his check in his checking account and so his children's tuition checks were bouncing. He has a suit, and he sued successfully, and he testified uh, in front of, a, I think, a congressional committee, and now he's been elevated to be the quality director for the VA. And this was a VA hospital, our taxes fund, as well as a youth 
a UC hospital, which is a state hospital, which are taxes funded. Okay? So I don't okay. want to hear anything more about how there are quality people. There are a lot of qualified people that are educated. They won't be hired. And then when they allow them, when they are hired, they are set up to fail. They are lied okay. on. They are discriminated against. And so I think that needs to be addressed, especially on this Martin Luther King holiday. Okay. Uh, who am I, I talking? What's your name? This is Miss Lady. Miss Lady. Miss what? Miss Lady. 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 L A D. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But right. I understand what you're what you're saying. But the one thing I did gather from you from what you were saying is that the professionals that you do know, okay, had had to sue. Correct. All right. Yeah. So they had they have an avenue. Okay. In our country, the good thing about our country is that we have avenues to succeed. All right. If you feel that you're educated enough to have a job and they discriminate against you, discriminate against you, you have the right to go get an attorney and sue that person. All right. There are laws that we have that are in the books right now. Okay. To make sure that there's not discrimination. Yes, I will grant you. Yes, there is discrimination. It's there. It's going to be there for a very long time. Way after me, way after my great great grandchildren's are are in this in this world. Discrimination will be there. I will hope that it's not. I would wish that it wouldn't be, but it's a fact of life. Now, the thing is that if you look at all all the all the all the research and everything that's out there, we are a very how do I say it? uneducated secondary population. Okay. The, the, the universities want students more from other countries than they want from here because of the amount of money that they pay versus a citizen or a person of from that state. So that's what we have to change. You see what I'm saying? That's what we have to change. Me, I'm all about putting regulations on, on state schools. You can't do it to a funded school. But if you're a state university, okay, that has a citizen trying to trying to, to, to come to your university, you must give them priority. And not only that, you must be affordable. You will take the national average of what people are paid from this age group to this age group, and you'll take that average and divide it, and you come up with, 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 with a portion of what they have to pay. And not only that, our government should subsidize some of this education – other than federal Pell Grants, okay, if they come to work for the government system, all right? So if they come to work for, for NASA or if they come to work – no, actually, NASA is private now. Um, you see what I'm saying? If they go into military service, we should be able to pay off all, of, all their college tuition, all their, all their college loans, okay? The thing is that we have allowed our secondary education, our colleges, to go ahead and basically – Rape our citizens. They have taken their they yeah. take their money and offer us a lesser education than they would get somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see it what I'm saying. So we got to stop that, and we can yeah. do that. We can do that with regulations. We can regulate state institutions, private institutions. You can't. State, you can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Community yeah, colleges. What is it? New York? Huh? I say interesting. Say you again. Said that because last interesting, you said that. Because last week on the show, we were talking about uh, a little bit about colleges and the best way to afford, you know, send your child to cut school and stuff like that. 
So it's, it's amazing that you actually mentioned that. But here's another question that was sent to me. Um, <laughs> that that's very. Interesting. I hope I hope, uh, lady. I hope I, I I got you. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Um. Yeah. What is your position on reparations for the injustices against people of African descent born in America? Say it again. What is my position on what is your po- reparations for the injustices against people of African descent born in America? Okay. This is going to be a hard one for your audience, I think, or people in general. Okay. When it comes to, okay, when it comes ahead. to reparations, when it comes to reparations for for anything, our country has done some of the craziest things that I don't understand. Okay, uh, we won the war against Japan. They surrendered unconditionally, but yet we pay them billions of dollars each year, and we are their their bodyguard forever. All right, because they unconditionally surrendered to us. Okay. So we pay them for Hiroshima and Nagasaki and every descendant thereof. Okay. Now, when we when we were in Iraq, I don't know if you remember or not. If you run over a goat, you were charged for that goat and its lineage up to eight generations. Right. I don't know if you remember that or not. Okay. I had to put paperwork in for this. Okay. Because I hit a camel. Okay. And in doing so, I had to pay. What might happen later on? Now, the reason I say this is reparations for for black people in America. I don't I don't see that the United States should be paying reparation for that. Okay, I understand that there was injustice. I understand that the things that happened during slavery. But you know what? That's gone. I don't, I don't think there's a, a single person in the United States that was part of slavery at all in the United States. Everybody that, that has that was a slave is deceased, right? So everybody from then on, and I should actually say more from 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 the from the from the the born in America. When you're born in America, you're automatically a citizen. Every person from then on had the right to to chase their chase their dream and become more than what they are. Now I understand in the South. The Jim Crow laws, the, the, you know, all that. I get it. All right, that's part of what we're what we're celebrating today. The fact that we were able to rise up against a thought that somebody was less than somebody else. All right, you everybody know, is equal uh-huh. now. Okay, everybody is equal now. You're you're able to chase your dream. I would if you would have told me when we knew each other back in the army. That I was gonna be running for senator with told you are crazy. <laughs> yeah, you see what I'm much. saying? But but but, yeah. you're, but you're able to, you're able to chase your dream. Now, do you do you believe that? Do I believe that that we should go back in time and say your your great 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 grandfather and grandmother were slaves of this plantation, and so you should get x amount of x amount of dollars, or you should get a free education, or you should get this? No, I don't. But I also believe. That that you have a right as an American citizen to get an education that'll take you out of whatever whatever you're trying to get out of, all right? And it should be less expensive so you can do so. And remember how I said government should fund that education. You should have a path, a path to succeed. 
And that's the American way. The American way is to be able to just work hard and make it. And if you don't work hard, you don't make it. If you're if you're if you're if you're if you're, if you're good with the status quo, then you're good with the status quo. You know what I'm saying? I myself mm-hmm. am not happy with the status quo. I have I was homeless living in a park when I was fifteen years old. Mm-hmm. You okay. see what I'm saying? So I know what it is to have heartache. There ain't no doubt. It, I'll make you cry if I told you what happened in my childhood. But the if if the statistics were correct and I followed the the statistical model, I would be in prison for life right now. Hmm. All right. All right, I got another caller for you. You ready? All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Welcome to the show, Sister Ngoni. How are you doing today? It's been a minute. I'm doing wonderful, Mr. Talk. How are you? I'm doing great, doing great. I understand well, you greetings have some, to your – pardon? I, was say, I know you have some questions for um, Mr. Espinosa there, so go right ahead. Yes. Thank you. I was going to greet your guest, uh, Mr. Espinosa. How are you today? I'm good. Happy Martin Luther King Day. <laughs> well, thank you, you know, very much. But, uh, I, I wish I it was a lot better. I think Dr. Martin Luther King wouldn't agree with some of the things you're saying, Mr. Spinoza. And um, the reason I say that is because for what I just heard you express, you used yourself as an example and talked about your childhood challenges and so forth. But, see, the question of reparations has to do with a whole people that have historically, over hundreds of years, uh, been uh, treated unjustly, unjustly. And uh, when you okay. say America is a place where everyone has a right to do their best, it almost seemed to me that you were almost implying indirectly that those who aren't doing well just don't want to. And so, you see, that kind of uh, skips over the fact that for 200 – no, no, wait a minute. Let me finish. I'm not attacking you. Well, I'm no, just ahead. expressing Sorry, my perspective. May I finish, please? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, the facts of the matter are that for 250 years, uh, people of African descent weren't allowed to read and write, okay? So, they, so you know, the rest of the people that come to America uh, that have contacts with their home countries and uh, so forth and so on, uh, you know, they come over here in many cases and, and uh, can get ahead. Uh, but you even admitted earlier in your conversation that you see issues in the educational system here in this country. And I think if you're honest, and I think you probably are an honest person or you wouldn't be bothering to try to get into the Senate and make some changes. So I'm not questioning your sincerity. I'm just saying I think that you perhaps cannot uh, see the issue of reparations from a perspective of a group of people that who have been uh, treated unjustly over a period of hundreds of years. And so it's sort of like saying, well, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but you forget who took the boots off and wrapped them around people's necks. I'll stop there. Oh, one one thing okay. I'd like to add okay. is it, it also it makes me wonder when you so staunchly say that you support Israel as they genocide the Palestinians and have been for over 40 years, uh, yet you don't have any uh, interest in supporting uh, the same kind of um, support uh, for people in this country who are basically being genocided. Even though uh, most people don't like to say that because they want to 
perpetuate the myth of equality in the American dream. So uh, thank you for your patience and let me, I hope you get my sentiment. I'm not attacking you. I'm just discussing something that's usually very sensitive to discuss. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and, and, and start, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and start if it's okay. You good? Sure. Uh, thank you. All right. You now, now you're talking about the oppression of, of, of black people. Okay. For 250 years. And then not only that, the moment they were here as slaves, that they were not, they weren't even considered, they were property, they were property. They were considered X amount of a horse. Okay. If I remember correctly. Okay. That's property. So at what point, and this is my question to you real quick, at where does, where do the reparations start? Do they start from the point that they, that they were sold into slavery to Spain and so on, that they came to America and then sold them to Americans. At what point of this, at the, at the chain of slavery, who is the most responsible? Uh, may okay. I respond? Yes. First of all, I didn't. I don't recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, uh, you know, the issue is to to repair the damage that was done two people and the people that exist today that are still suffering from those conditions because you have to be pretending if you say that people of African descent in this country are equal citizens with everyone else. Uh, that's just outrageous for anyone to even suggest that. All you have to do uh, is uh, ask yourself one little question just as an example. Why is it that we're the only group that has to have our voting rights renewed every 25 years by Congress? No other ethnic group in this country has to have that. Why is that? That is interesting that you even said that because I came across that the other day and I've been researching it about the voting and I've never understood that. I, I mean, t I'm still researching that, so I'm not, I'm not sure. But well, let me I'm not, I'm, 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 but I'm pretty positive that from the from the time that they passed the amendment where everybody who is n naturally born in America is an American citizen, they have the right to vote from then on, without let, with let, no let no just cause. Let me help you understand it, Mistress. Let me help correct? you understand it, Mistress. No, let me help you understand it, Mistress Spinoza. It's called second class citizenship. And it doesn't have anything to do with being an immigrant. You see, people want, you know, that's something they recently did uh, in, in the textbooks in this country is take the word slavery out of the historical record in the school books and replace it with the word workers. See, this confuses the issue about our particular history in this country. And there are things that are affecting our youth. Uh, myself, for that matter, uh, you know, uh, in this country, that should be redressed, in my view. And your comments about when I initially asked you the question when you started talking about why you didn't see why this country has to pay Japan for dropping an atomic bomb, well, the issue about paying the Japanese was for them being in internment camps. And I hope you're aware this is not a myth. It's, it's not a uh, conspiracy theory that there are uh, many FEMA camps already built around this country. Now, who do you think they're going to put in them? Any person is willing to fight. Okay. Well, you, you know, like I said, I'm not attacking you. This is, this is a very sensitive issue, and most people don't no, even I, want I don't, to I don't see it as an attack. 
I'm just saying, uh, Kathy, but, one little, one little yes. bit, okay? Because I'm passionate about knowledge, it, but I just want you to know power. I'm not. I'm passionate okay, about it, but power. I just want you to know I'm not. Yeah, I'm not attacking you. So, okay. so the example but, I gave you about the 25-year renewal of Voting Rights Act has to do with second-class citizenships, in my opinion. Okay. Now, I don't disagree with you. Not, not one little bit. Well, I look into it to make sure. Yeah, I mean, just a simple search that I did right now is pretty disgusting. Okay, <laughs> I'm just looking at it right now, ma'am, and it's not what I thought it was from the last search that I did. This is whole totally different. But the thing is that in our in our country today, we have the right to be whoever we want to be. If we're gonna if we're gonna go for reparations, if we're gonna go back and say because these people were held as slaves, or a group was held in slavery and the country needs to pay because of that, then you must then take that to the where it started. Okay. Well, you must well, take it to the, all, very, to, to the very first, you're, first, you're, first slave purchase. But see, you're you, inferring you know what I'm saying? That I, no, because I, I think you're inferring things. First of all, I think the problem is, and I hope if you do become a Senator and I wish you well in your quest, I hope you will learn to listen because what I think you're doing is you are you are assuming things about that historical situation that aren't you know are are not discussed you know it's just usually rejected because it's assumed that when people mention the word reparations they're talking about give me some worthless federal reserve notes well in my view I wouldn't want that anyway because I don't think that would solve the problem uh, because I want a house. You know, it, it, it yeah. wouldn't solve give me, the give me a house. Give me something tangible. Yeah. No, I don't want you to give me anything except justice for the people who have been harmed but, because of the ill treatment and injustice this country has and still is uh, putting upon poor people who have been miseducated, in many cases uneducated, uh, and then they are blamed for the condition they're in. And so, to me, that's what needs to be redressed. So when I say the word reparations, see, most okay. people assume you want somebody to print you out some money. Well, see, I'm wise okay. enough to know that the printing press is running so hard now, everybody in America is going to need some reparations if they don't stop printing soon. <laughs> okay. 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 So yeah, you I'm see where I'm coming from? Right. I'm so, talking about so, land. Yeah. I'm talking right, about so, land. So, you know, you, know you, you lost all our farms, right? You know, all those were taken away, stripped from black people. They had farms, all that, that, all that done, that was taken away. Remember the, the farmers who lost all their land? Ma'am, I know about losing land. Trust me. I'm, not, I'm talking about black I know farmers. About that. 100%. I'm, I'm speaking about black farmers who were stripped from their farms. You see, when we're yes, in a downturn do. now, a terrible, yes. when we're in a down, yes. terrible downturn economically, which is when usually yes. all of the hostility and hate starts to rise up when we're in an economic downturn. If the farmers, black farmers still had their farms, you see, then we would be in a position, a better position to be self-sufficient, to be able to be self-determining. And there are many examples in this country where groups of people have attempted to be self-sufficient and, and dependent and independent, but they're bombed from the air. You have the example of the move people in Philadelphia. Then you have uh, these uh, Greenwood, Archer, and Pine uh, people that had banks, doctors, lawyers, everything, and they were bombed from the air. Now, these are the kind of injustices that I'm talking about. There's a continuum. I'm not just talking about, oh, God, feel sorry for me because my great, 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 great ancestors were enslaved. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about redress the harm. 
You don't like when those okay. little, so, those so, two, let, right. let me say this and I'll be quiet, right. I promise. Remember when the kids out there in Columbine were shot, how they rushed out uh, resources and, and uh, you know, uh, social services Therapist and everything and everything, those yeah. Okay, that's yes. where I'm coming from. Where are we going to get some of that for our young people? And so they can be upstanding, first-class citizens and be engineers and everything that, that this country claims to need instead of letting the corporations misuse other uh, countries, uh, educated engineers, so they can pay them less. Because that's what's going on. It's, it's corporatism. It's actually, yeah. It's actually, if you want to put it that way, it's a simple fix, okay? Our government needs to go ahead and make it easier to get it, get an education. Period. No, it's not. It really is. To me, all right, me, myself personally, I believe our government needs to take every every citizen, okay? Every 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 black citizen, Mexican citizen, whatever, however you want to put it, needs to give them the right to get a better education. They need to fund that education. But the thing is, in order for, for the government to fund the education for, let's say, uh, a black man, 20 years old, you know what I'm saying, was working at McDonald's or whatever and wants to go to, go to college, our government should help him get there, all right? The state institutions need to be regulated so that that person has everything he needs to succeed, all right? And it starts at the public education, kindergarten through 12th, all right, with our educators doing what my educators told me. You can succeed. You can do it. This is what you need. They need to quit teaching to a test. They need to start educating. The people need to have a path to education in order to succeed in life. Period. All right. Well, you see, what you know, what you what you know. Well, and not only that, you're you're, you're talking about certain things like when are they going to do this or when are they going to do that. Our country has a way for you to do that. No, you're evading the issue. I, my question is about reparations for people of African descent that have been in, in have been uh, abused, abused and, and subject to injustice in this country for over for centuries. OK, and see, okay. do so, you know, okay. All right. you know uh, let's, let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mr. Spinoza, One question. No, please. There are programs that have been put out for to rectify those uh, situations for black people or for people of African descent. And there are white South Africans that come to this country and put on their paperwork to get uh, benefits that they are African-American and they get benefits over and above those poor people in the urban centers that, that need to use, you know, feel that they have the right to uh, pursue their dream in America. That's what I'm talking about, Mr. Spinoza. Let's make it real simple. Since you think I'm evading the question, and I and I don't have a grasp on what you're trying to tell me. Give me the give me the answer right now. Well, the tell me what I, is, tell, I tell me what I should do. Willing, tell me what I'm I should trying. do. I'm sorry. I don't I don't mean to be rude. I couldn't. If you want, I'll be quiet so you can finish your your thought. No. I'm the yeah. I'm the type of person that if if you think that I don't know the answer, give me the answer. Okay. Well, and I'm I'll, trying and to. I'll, and I'll and I'll put it. I'll put it to. I'll put it to. I'll put it to the grindstone. I'm trying to, the answer is I think that this country needs to honestly deal with the issue of a people of African descent and how uh, they need to redress the uh, the uh, uh, abuses uh, that have been 
suffered by people of African descent. I think you need to stop, stop pretending that that history doesn't exist, and especially since you are so staunchly a supporter of Israel, who is in the process of genociding the Palestinians and have been for 40 years, then I think it behooves you to give the same kind of support to people that are subject to genocide in America, because we are. You can pretend like we aren't, but that's a fact. I thank you for your time and patience. I hope you take that to heart. Well, the, the, thing, the, the thing is that I, I don't disagree with you. I don't. Not, not one little bit. Now, the, 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 problem is, and the problem in Israel, the problem in Israel and the problem in Palestine, guess what? That's Israel and Palestine's problem. No, what you're talking about is our problem. What you're talking about you, what you're, you're talking about is our problem. My point. Our nation has you, a problem, okay? You, you, you say that we have a problem. So let's fix yeah, it. One of the problems we, we have is that half of Congress is dual citizenship to Israel. That's another problem we have. But see, I mentioned Israel only to point out to you that you spoke very strongly about your support of those people who have a right to their religious view who are not who they claim to be anyway. That's the first thing. And But yet you don't seem to be as supportive or have much compassion when the, the issue of reparations of people of African descent in this country comes up. That was my point. In my okay, now that I have a problem with. Support. Okay, that, that I have a problem with, okay, because that is very untrue. Okay. 100% untrue. Okay. I believe, I believe that, that our educational system has not only let our children down, but has skewed history in a way that our kids have to now learn in other, other fashions. Okay. That's not true. That's the one thing that, you, that you'll see in, in, in my webpage when it launches. Okay. You'll see that I believe our education system has to teach the good, the bad, and the ugly, because if we don't teach the bad and the ugly, we are doomed to go ahead and repeat that. Well, I respect right. that, Mr. Pinoza, and thank you, because, see, it's all about truth, and truth isn't always pleasant, but when we, I it's think not. the people of America are good people, but I think they have been lied to about history, I think they have had things suppressed from them, and so they approach uh, these inequalities in this society from a mythical perspective, because they don't understand the history, that's what I, I so I agree with you on that point, we need right. to know the truth, right. we need to be able to respectfully speak with each other from the heart about the truth, about injustice, about the good things of, about America. I don't think America's all bad. I do hope that they will, be, I hope when you become a senator that you will convince the rest of those old billionaires up there on the hill to stop sending all their boys out in other people's countries, especially in Afghanistan, uh, to protect poppy fields and then sit up and have uh, uh, conversations about what to do about drugs. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Don't you think? Oh, oh yeah, one hundred percent. You you can't fix other countries when you can't fix your own. You got you got to take care of your own house. Yes, sir. Well, you know thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, and thank you, Mister Talk, for letting yeah. me uh, express my view. Okay. Awesome. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, we got more. The board is lighting up here. All right. We got eight minutes All left, right. y'all. We're talking with um Senate. U.S. Senate candidate, Mr. David Espinoza, told yeah. you I served with for some years. years. <laughs> that's a mouthful, and, uh, huh? He's run- <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> and he's running for um, running for Congress. So, if you
you got questions, man, we still you got time. We we can go into overtime and, and get all the questions. You you ready? I'm ready. All right. All right. So I got nothing but time. I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh one one one. Welcome to the show. Who can I have here? Uh oh. you got me there? Yeah, I got you. Who are you? Hello, I haven't spoken to you since last year, Mr. Dark, Mr. Sarge. Oh, what's happening, Sarge? Yeah, it's been about two yeah. years. Yeah, uh, I noticed, <laughs> uh, thanks for taking Sarge. my call and all. And I noticed the title of the show is, well, in the notes it says, that uh, convicted felon Joe Arpaio, and the question <laughs> you ask in there is that, why is he allowed to run for the Senate when ex-felons are allowed to vote? Now, as a matter of law, uh, Sheriff Papaya was convicted of, uh, of pled, or rather accepted a conviction of civil contempt of court, which yep. is a federal misdemeanor, not a felony. So he wasn't even convicted of a felony. And then when he was pardoned, that completely swept it away as though he has never been convicted in the legal sense. And uh, you can run for Senate even if you're a felon. You may not be able to vote, but you're allowed under the laws of the state of Arizona to run for uh, uh, Senate because the Constitution lists the requirements for United States Senator, and none of it disqualifies you even if you are a felon felon. legally. Yep. So let's be clear about that, and let's answer those questions right away. Sheriff Papaya is not a convicted felon, never has been, and even if he was, the pardon sweeps it away as though it never existed. Now, I I corrected that at the very beginning, okay? He's not a felon, all right? He was was convicted of criminal contempt, all right? Which is not really a misdemeanor either. It's contempt from the judge, and he was convicted of that, yes. But the pardon pretty much lets it all go. But there are other reasons why he should not. There are other there are other reasons why he shouldn't be running. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons why he should not be running. That's that's for the electorate to decide. But let's not pretend there is a legal impediment to his running because there isn't. There isn't. There isn't. Sorry. Correct. Correct. Now I I have on the line an opponent that'll be running against Mr. Joe Aparo. You have any questions for him? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right. And it has to deal with um, uh, illegal immigration, which, of course, was a, a, a huge controversy with Sheriff Apio. And uh, okay. uh, I would like to know what is uh, the gentleman's stand on uh, the issue of DACA as opposed to building the wall. And I would like to know what the gentleman feels in general about uh, 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 illegal immigration, not only in Arizona, but throughout the United States. Okay. Um, so you didn't hear the whole DACA earlier? Did I no, talk about DACA? Sir, I'm a, a little late to tuning in. Okay. I uh, apologize. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, I have a plan to, to, to allow the DACA dreamers to become citizens. Um, I also have a plan for illegal immigrants and people that have overstayed their visas to become citizens of our country. Because to to think that you're going to go ahead, okay, first off, 
You know how everybody says there's 11 million illegal immigrants in the United States? Yes, right? I've heard the numbers between 11 million and 20 million. I no. believe the higher number is no. more correct. If you if you go if you go if you go to the statistics, if you go to the to everything that's going on, and you truly want to be correct, it's anywhere between 20 and 35 million people. That's okay? probably correct. Right. If our government believes that they could deport these people, they're it's it's ludicrous, completely crazy. They're here, okay. Um, do I think they could deport the felon part of that population? Of course, one hundred percent. Okay, but the other portion, even though they have they have gone ahead and they're here illegally or overstayed their visas, we need to give them a path to citizenship, and we have to do it in a way that it benefits the United States. And it shows them that there's a path for them to do it, but they have to go ahead and pay and pay for it. Basically, is what I'm saying. All right. So earlier, I, I did I did the 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 DACA, the immigration for DACA. All right, and I explained that. Is it okay if I explain what I believe should be immigration policy for the 11 million? Go ahead. Oh, please. Great tell, sir. I'm all ears. <laughs> all right. So. In the DACA dream, like like the illegal immigration bill that I plan to plan to introduce, okay, there, there, it all comes with um, requirements and what you have to do, okay. So I'm going to go ahead and, and put it like this: the way for undocumented illegal overstayed visas to become citizens, a path to citizens, okay, is that we have to have every single person that is in that category, they have to report to the local police station. Number one, I'm taking it. I'm taking the the, the judge part of it, uh, the federal judge part out and putting it in the local police and local magistrates' hands. Okay. One, they report to the local police department. They get fingerprinted. They get a picture, and these people must go ahead and stay at least one night in jail. Okay. They're incarcerated for one night. I don't care about their age. I don't. These are all people that are 18 and above. They're here illegally, okay? So that one night in jail shows them that what can happen, okay? During that night, the police department is going to run, run, let's just say immigrant, okay? They're going to run them through the NCIC, find out if they have been convicted of a felony. If they've been convicted to a felony, felony, they immediately go to INS and they get deported immediately. They, they are a felon. They don't have a, they don't have a right to, to uh, a path to citizenship. Okay. Everybody else that's not a felon or has passed the, the Nick test comes out of jail the next day. They see the judge. Okay. When they see the judge, they must plead guilty to coming into the United States illegally. They must give the circumstances of how they came into the United States whether they crossed the border themselves, whether they flew or took a boat, whatever. They must give the circumstances of how they came, and they must tell where they came from, okay? They will plead guilty to entering the United States illegally. The judge is going to fine them, okay, a fine of $100 a month for 10 years. That is, 10 years is the statute. Basically, once you finish 10 years, you can become a United States citizen but you must meet all the requirements in between, all right? 
that $100 a month, okay, comes out to $12,000 in 10 years, correct? Yes, sir. All right? So what they do after their sentence, they take they take the, the their, their sentence from the judge, the paperwork from the judge. They take their picture ID. They take their their the guilty verdict, and they go to INS, Immigration Naturalization. They present them with their the the, the plea deal, with their fine. They present them with their IDs and whatever they have on them, saying who they are. Okay. At this point, INS will issue a an immigration naturalization passport, let's just say, okay? I'm just going to call it a passport from now on, all right? That passport has all of their information, who they are, age, address, birth date, whatever, okay? At that point, INS, Immigration Naturalization, takes every ID that they have, okay? If they have a false social security, they take it. If they have... Because they pled guilty to having these things. They got to surrender everything, okay? So they take whatever IDs they have. They take whatever Social Security they have. Whatever they have that, that would show their identity here, other than this passport, has to be surrendered. The moment they get that passport, owning any other ID would be a felony, okay? If they commit a felony, you're deported, plain and simple, all right? So... That passport, every single month, you go to the police station and you pay a fine of $100. Okay, I use the $100 standard because it just makes it easy for math. Everything I say, whether it's the fines, whether it's um, time, whatever, can be lessened or made greater by our government, our, our officials that, that, that finally find, you know, we go through the bill. That $100 fine, 25% stays locally for teachers, nothing administrative, okay? They will support the local schools. Those local schools, in order to get part of that money, all right, will have to teach at least three classes at night per week that all these immigrants can go to to learn English, history, United States history, and constitution and government. You see what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. So that $25 basically goes to the schools and it goes to the teachers willing to, to help out do this. Another 25%, the other 25% goes to local responders. Okay. None of, none of the fines that I'm talking about go to any administrations or physical anything. Okay. It's all to the working class citizen. Okay. So 25% goes to fire departments. Police, anybody considered a first responder, if you're an EMT or whatever, do it as, as, a, as a grant every year, whatever, all right? But that 25% goes to them, all right, to the judicial system, to, to the police, first responders. The other 50%, okay, goes to border security, all right? It would be the people on the ground doing border security. It goes to, to anything that we need to secure the border, whether it be fence, wall, uh, boats, planes, drones, whatever, okay? If it's securing the border, it has to go to the border. Of that 50%, 10% is set aside, okay, for widows and family of people that have died securing our border, all right? It's like a fund, okay? 
Now, yes. in 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 the in the ten years that these people have this passport, the immigrants have this passport. All right, they must check in every month and pay their fine, that hundred dollars. Okay, at the local police station, they put a stamp on the book. Every six months, they have to go to INS or to the local magistrate and get a stamp on there saying that they're updating their information. If they move from one house to another, if they move from one state to another, whatever, their information has to be factually correct. Okay? That's every six months. All right? The very last two pages of this book, they go to the DMV, Automotive Division, whatever you want to call it, and in the last two pages of that book, there's a stamp that the DMV will put on there. That is your driver's license. Okay? So, you have a passport that takes care of your driving privileges. The passport allows you to get a job, allows you to go ahead and go into secondary education. Anything an American citizen could take advantage of as far as, you know, being able to do if you're a citizen, like have a job, whatever. Okay? That's what that's what that, that passport will allow them to do. Does it include right? voting? No. One hundred percent no. Okay. Remember at the remember Remember, remember at the point where I said this is their only ID? Yes. Okay? So the passport being their only ID, if they try to, rep- to present that passport to vote, I'm sorry, you're an immigrant naturalization participant? Yes, you can't vote. This is like an All anti-voting right. now, ID. I, I, now, I, what I like about your plan, sir, is that uh, – it recognizes the illegality of the illegal alien and requires and imposes strictures on him to re- him or her to remain in this country. And I, that's right. what I like a lot about it. But look, I, okay, don't, don't you think that the policies of sanctuary cities mitigate against this being effectively applied, given the fact that so many of the illegals okay. – are low skilled uh are low skilled workers. All right. Let me let me address that, okay? Let me let, let me address books. it. All right. Now understand the path to legalization of this passport, if you commit a felony, if you're part of a gang, anything like that, if you break the law and you're a felon, whatever, you hold another ID, you're deported. If you don't do all the stamps, you're deported. If you don't do everything that's required, you're deported. Okay? Now Sanctuary cities, I have a plan to shut them down so fast it is unreal, okay? You started with it California, is, which, by the way, is now officially a sanctuary state by legislation. I know all about that. Okay, so do you want to hear the plan about the sanctuary cities? Yes, sir, I certainly do. Okay. My plan is a federal law, okay, or a federal act, all right? It allows anyone – any United States citizen that has been harmed by an illegal immigrant to sue the city, county, municipality, or state government officials, they have voted in the I persuasion. So if you have a government official in the city, let's say the city government's five people, okay? Three out of the five voted for Goodyear to be a sanctuary city. So Goodyear is now a sanctuary city. If my daughter gets hit by an illegal immigrant and they don't get deported because of the sanctuary city law, her, as a United States citizen, can sue the three council members that voted I, making it a sanctuary city. Personally, the city is not responsible. The county is not responsible. The municipality is not responsible. The state is not responsible. 
okay? The person who allowed the illegality is responsible. You see what I'm saying? All right. Gotcha. Does that make sense? That's, that's an interesting – yeah, that, that's interesting, though. That's an interesting um, – that's interesting. So, so basically, basically well, we got you got you got you got your your local councilman, your 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 government officials, all the way to state, all the way up to your yeah. governor. Okay, so if you have your governor that, that that signed the law, like in California, you have the 67 representatives that voted for it or whatever. I, I don't know the number. I'm just throwing out a number. Okay, don't quote me on this. All right. So every single one of them is now personally responsible for an accident and an illegal immigrant. Okay, Kate Steinle, her parents would be able to sue every representative all the way up to governor that voted for that law. Mm, wow. Okay. All right. We we got to keep we got to move a little faster here, um, David. We got called and the questions for y'all over the place. All right. Hey, y'all like that? Tell me you like that. Yeah, that was good. They, they, they liked it. They liked it. <laughs> to tell you how much I agree with you, but I have two things I want to ask or address. The first thing right. is I love, your, I love the immigration policy uh, that you're putting forth, but why can't we just start enforcing the immigration laws that have been on the books forever and stop the government from holding back our border patrol, holding back our immigration policy? You want to know why? You really want to know why? Because Uh, your politicians forgot that they that they represent us. That's why. I I totally. They don't want to work. I mean, I don't consider any politician my representative. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a I'm a representative. I'm not a politician. I am running to represent my state. Okay, I want Arizonans to be my boss, not the Mm -hmm. other way around. I'm not going to boss Arizonans around. All right, I want them to be my boss. I really like like the last subject you said about uh, representatives uh, individually being responsible for any action of any illegal because of the way they voted. But I have one question or one thing I would suggest. Put an amendment in whatever legislation that you put forth along those lines that forces those representatives or individuals on city councils who voted to use their own funds to defend themselves in lawsuits. Do not let them use public money. Well, you heard what I said, right? They are personally responsible. At, at, oh, yeah, at, yeah, no, point, you, but, at no point will, will the taxpayer – try. Yeah, but that's, no, that's part of, that's part of my amendment. try to take, take the public money and defend themselves and – because, you know, okay. that's just the way it so, goes. So I went ahead and I and I told you a skeleton version of, of that mm-hmm. of the sanctuary city, all right, bill of the federal law. That's that in that bill, it is 100% personal responsibility. It's accountability, 100% accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. So if I'm if, if I'm representing you and I vote for sanctuary cities, somebody somebody kills your your you know runs into your daughter or whatever, you could sue me. The city cannot help me in my my in my defense. I have to 100% be responsible. Excellent. Not only that, 
when, when, when the jury comes back and says, yeah, we fine for the plaintiff for $100 million, guess who's financially responsible for that? Mm-hmm. So you I, know what I'm saying? I, I, would, I, would, I would propose um, that we take a proactive stance on this whole immigration thing and develop a what I call freedom from immigration, freedom from immigration and sanctuary city policy where cities – can pass laws that say we can no longer, we will refuse as cities, even if the state passes sanctuary state rules, the cities themselves can say we are immune or we're free from this uh, garbage. <laughs> Is that a um, possibility? No, no, it's not. <laughs> I would like, it sounds good. It really does. And I'd love to talk to you more about it, but in all actuality, because your representatives represent you and they're voting, either city, county, state, whatever, all right? The problem with Arizona or California is California truly has a lot of Republicans and people that hate that law, okay, and hate the fact that they're now a sanctuary state. They did not put that to the vote of the people of California. The representatives voted for it on their own. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is – There should be no legitimacy then. Yeah, but the only way you can do it is to to go against the people that are that are voting for the law. They have to vote for it, so it would never happen. You know, it's like it's like it's like the Mueller investigation. You're investigating yourself. You know, when you're investigating yourself, I'm going to come up roses. I'm telling you right now. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, kind of like a kind of like a, a kind of a Clinton thing going on there. Yeah, I, no matter what, I'm coming out of uh, this shining star, buddy. I'll tell you right now, you might even well, put me now, up for sainthood. <laughs> I, I just I just came in on this conversation recently. Now, what you are in Arizona? You're a. Re- I am in are, Arizona. I am running for the state for for Senate U.S. Senate for Arizona. I'm running uh, against Sheriff Dorapio, Ward, and McSally. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I think you got a pretty good shot at it. Hey, do me a favor. Um, can I give out my email? Sure you can. Uh, it's David David Espinoza, E-S-P-I-N-O-Z-A, Jr., A-Z, Senate 2018. Okay, go ahead and repeat that. David Espinoza, E-S-P-I-N-O-Z-A, Jr., A-Z, Senate twenty eighteen at gmail dot com. All right. I'll have my website up and running and it's David for Senate dot US and dot org. David for Senate dot US dot org. It'll be up run, up and running by Thursday next week. Okay, I'm gonna send All you right. an email right now just to test that yeah. out. <laughs> and we can stay in touch. I'm a local business owner uh, here in Tucson. Sweet. So, Outstanding. There you go. All right. Well, thank you, right, Thomas, thank you for calling in. We do and, appreciate um, it. All right. Thank you. All right. All right, Tom. I'm that one went pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was short, right? <laughs> All right. Um, you know. <laughs> Um, I had a question that was was presented as well. Um, Are you aware of the conditions of poor people in this country, and what what do you propose to do about it besides deport poor people who fled their countries 
due to U.S. foreign policy. Am, am I aware? Are you aware of, of the poor people in the United States that came from other countries that are poor and deporting them in back? Country, and, and what does he propose to do about it besides deport people, poor people who fled their countries to the U.S. due to U.S. foreign policy? Okay. Yeah. Like I said, if you're in this country right now, I have I have a bill in mind to go ahead and make you a citizen. All right. If you choose not to take advantage of, of the opportunity given to you to become a citizen, then they're, they they go back to their country. All right. Now, mm-hmm. let me let me address the poor in our country. Okay. It is a damn shame that our country has anybody that is poor. Okay. All right. Sending money overseas to other countries to develop their countries is a sin. All right. The world market is a world market. If your country wants to be in it, get in it. Have your political figures do what they got to do. If you if you have a if you have a shaw, if you have a president, if you have a dictator, if you have a notator, I don't care who's running your country. All right, that country has to become solvent in the world economy, and you're not going to be solvent by taking American taxpayer money and getting a free ride. The only free rides should be to American citizens with American tax dollars to get an American education or even a foreign education if they want. All right. But to get educated and get out of the poverty, because that's the only way you're going to get out of poverty, hard work, education, hard work, hard work, hard work. That's what our country was founded on. All right. Now understand this right now. I know a lot of people that are homeless a lot. I personally talk to them. I'm not afraid to go up to a homeless person and strike a conversation. They don't fear. They don't fear me. I don't fear them. Understand that we have a certain percentage of homeless people that want to be homeless. All right. Mm-hmm. The only problem is that there's another percentage that needs medical attention. Right. That's why they're homeless. All right. Our government needs to take care of that. Plain and simple. There's a right. lot of ways we can do it with government money. Right. With with. I mean, take the 250 million dollars that we're giving this country and put it in the medical medical for our country, our indigent. Does that answer the question? Yes. I hope. I hope. hope That's the short answer to to that shit. Yeah. But yeah. All right, let's bring P. A. Key back in. So I had to go down the line first. All right, P. A. Key, you still there? Well yeah, I'm here. I'm gonna make a couple points. You know, as far as DACA, I think that anyone here that's illegal should be made to be get get out. Now, let DACA and them go back to those countries with their parents or grandparents, and let them have a a a grandfather's sunset where they can apply for legal immigration and their DACA status be considered. Have a special court or special uh, agencies that's there to receive them right away and that way you don't have no. to wait in the long lines. No, because no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say something real fast, okay? 
the moment the moment a person is DACA or a moment that somebody's illegally in this country and they leave this country, they need to stay out. You've lost you've lost well, your chance. Well, yeah, okay? that's what the, I, the, the reason the reason I say this the reason I say this is you you can't deport eight hundred. Okay, DACA two months ago people were saying six hundred thousand. Then two weeks ago they were saying seven hundred thousand. Yesterday I heard eight hundred thousand and one million. Well, it was eight hundred thousand. Okay. Here's the thing, Dave. Yeah. So now, now it's, it, it's growing. Okay. The problem, the problem with deporting people that are DACA, is that now the the, the average age of the DACA recipients, I think, is twenty five, twenty six, and some of them have children born in the United States. Well, the children okay. born in the United States it, are citizens, but it, the parents are. They have a vested interest. They have a vested they, interest already. Yeah, well, now, Dave. You yeah. can't go to Mexico and have babies and have a vested interest in that country. Actually, you, you can. If I go to Mexico and I have a kid, Mexico will, will recognize them as dual citizens of Mexico and, and the United States. Mexico Constitution lets the president expel immigrants, illegals, any, without any, any due process. Yeah. Read it. Yep, and you can't go to the UK. You cannot go to the UK and have kids and they become a citizen of the country. And you know another thing, the fourteenth amendment was applied to slaves, really. It was yeah, it is. It's one hundred percent I one hundred percent agree with you right there. They're taking advantage of the fourteenth amendment that was dedicated for a certain group. And the reason now, that they even made the fourteenth amendment go ahead. Another point too. You had a caller called in talking about uh, reparations. And it's talking about how unjust it was. Slavery was legal in this land at the time, so there was no justification. And it was corrected with the 13th and 14th Amendment. But you made it also right. made a statement about every 25 years that a law. That's just not true. The 1965 nope. Voters' Rights Act put certain counties, about 10 of them, under the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice. That any time yep. that they go to any time that they go to apply a rule that would affect the voting patterns of the people of those counties, they would have to get pre clearance. Under the justice under the Justice Roberts Court, in a case that was uh went with uh, Eric Holder, and I think he was I can't think of the name of the case, I might be able to find it, but the case was settled. It was uh, Shelby County versus Holder. I think that's Shelby County, Tennessee. Uh, Robert yes. said that Robert said that Section Four and Section Five of the 1965 Voters Rights Act was unconstitutional, so it's eliminated. No counties are held to those stringent. But you know, just this: as early as 1967, which was two years after the act, you had counties which were Pardon, or should I say, able allowed to get out from under the jurisdiction of Section Four because apparently they had uh, met all the meets and bounds that they were supposed to, and some of those counties had a majority, vast majority black population. So how in the heck was any discrimination going on against blacks in counties that they were majority black in? So I just wanted to put that. Actually, actually back 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 in the days, back in the 30s and 40s, all right. They actually made black people register, and they were they would um they would come and fill a ballot, and that the the ballot would be taken out and put in somebody else's name. Well, that was it, illegal, it was but crazy. 
Yeah, but, but that, that what, it, but, what it is is the the Voting Rights Act is is you're you're correct and she was correct both of you, but the thing is that it's all about making things equal. It's about about trying to make sure that nobody discriminates against you know the population how black men got the right to vote. You know how black males That's got the, the right to vote. Black males got yeah, the black. right to vote with Amendment 15 back in 1870. Women, right. white women, got the right to vote with Amendment 19 in 1920. Right Now, what was going on in the South was that you had local jurisdictions that was not letting those people vote. It wasn't the federal government. It was those yeah. local jurisdictions. Thus, Congress stepped in and did what it had to do. They were, they were using Jim Crow laws. Back then, if you're, I'm not. I was about to say, do you remember? But yeah, it was Jim Crow laws, is what it was that that that, that the act was supposed to try and and, and subvert, I guess. It really, it, right it, I don't know if you know it or not. Uh, some of the coverage under Section Four extended out to Arizona, Hawaii, Idaho. I don't know. I didn't know that. that. I had no idea. Absolutely. I'll check it out. I will check it out. The one thing you learn about me is I don't know everything, and everything I know, I don't know about. I'm a section four extended out to not only Arizona, but also Wyoming, because apparently there were some cases going on there with the Native Americans, the Indians, and also it applies to uh, Spanish speakers. Apparently, when they go to vote, the uh, ballots wasn't written in the language that they understood. So, uh, all that's gone now. Well, the, the the lady that called in earlier was talking about um, uh, farmers, black farmers, how they've lost their land and so on and so forth. And I didn't get a chance to, to discuss it with her. But in California, Arizona, New Mexico, these territories, there was Mexican farmers and Mexican owners of land that, that dons that own the, the land was in their family for hundreds of years. And within ten years after after the purchase of California, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, you know, after that purchase, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, they but, lost their land, all their all their land and rights to their lands within ten years. You well, think that all of a sudden, after after owning after owning land for 120 years, within ten years, I'm going to decide that I, I don't want to own it anymore? Well, you know, another thing too, uh, Dave, uh, you had blacks that were not slaves in the United States. Property owners, oh, actually, yeah. big business owners. Okay, so yep. all of that that story is not never told. That side of so, and also in the 1930s, the, the country, the all government, right, the Mexicans, Mexicans who was even born here in the United States and uh, coming out of well, the 1930s and 40s. The, the the one the one stance that I, I take sometimes when somebody talks about reparations, when I talk to somebody and they start speaking about reparations and they want money and stuff like that. That's the only time that I take it. Okay, fine. If you want reparations, then you got to go back to where slavery started, not where it ended or was continued. So let me, let me, you got to go. Let me ask you got to go to the question. country of origin. Let, let me ask you a question. Every year, every year there's a, a measure that put on the floor to vote for reparations. Okay, every year, every year, this yeah. representative put. The, Introduces it. So once this is introduced, if you are elected, basically you're saying you would vote no on, on that that piece of legislation. So, it depends on what it's what reparations are. Florida. Well, it, it's see, it's not this one when it's um, presented. It's not there 
give them reparations out. Now, there's many different um, there's many different plans out there for how to do it. Some say, you know, you give the descendants, you know, college, so much college. I know Georgetown University, in fact, um, was giving descendants of slaves that went on that land um, some type of educational, you know, um, leeway. But the thing is, it's to, to start, to start to look into it. But each year they let it down okay, well, the floor. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm for the bill or against the bill because I don't know what it is. I, I, I this is the first time I heard about it. Okay, so what I would say is, if we're going to do reparations, shouldn't we do it by the states that profited from from slavery and make those states be the ones that at their state institution colleges maybe that should be free or federal land that it's that is taken by by a police or whoever instead of auction should be given to the descendants of so and so and you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, no. No. I mean, if you do that, so basically what you're saying is it will stay basically in the southern states, the southern northern states. Right. Right. Okay. Shouldn't that, shouldn't that be a state issue? I, I'm asking a question. I'm not saying that that's what I would propose, but I'm just saying well, if, what, you're gonna, if you're going to cause, what, cause what, reparations, what, it should be the, the, what, the states that – was slavery a state issue or a national issue at this time? We went to war with it. They, they went to war for it. States' rights. Right. Slavery. Civil war. They lost. Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, like I say, it, it, it's just something we, we have to, um, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to entertain. I'm willing to entertain anything that helps the American citizen. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Okay. I got you. <laughs> I got you. All right. Let's see. <laughs> this has been fun. You're going to have to come back on again, you know, as you get further down the line. So, so, I, thought I, was, I thought you were going to have me on here for like 30 minutes. Now is it, man. <laughs> no, man. No. Trust me. When you come on, I here, love you it. Come on here for the ride, unless you got something I love going it. on. <laughs> You know, the good thing that I at least have, at least have answers to people's questions, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and now <laughs> now you got some things to go and look up and check on too, right? Yeah. And uh, the Voter Act of nineteen sixty five was renewed in two thousand and six. You can go and look it up. It's on. Yeah, now. by President Bush. Uh, yeah, I don't know I've been reading up on it this whole time I've been on here. Ever since yeah, Lady mentioned of, it, of, I've been reading up on it like crazy. It's like wow, yeah, a lot of people amazing. No, but yes, it, it does. Every twenty-some years, it has to be renewed. Every twenty-five Which years, I think, yeah, I think is is a crock of crop. You know what I mean? So well, maybe you remember what I said earlier. You know, we're, we're remember what I said earlier about our education. We need to teach proper history. True, the good, the bad, and the uglier. We're gonna we're gonna fail and and go back. No, this is part of yeah. the bad. Straight up, right. Look, me and you, look, me and you had this conversation on Facebook, so yeah, we know. <laughs> we know what you said on that. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, all right, man, we're gonna get up out of here. Once again, give the people the information so they know how to contact you. And uh, all right, we get my email, here. my email, my email is David Espinoza, E S P I N O Z A, Junior, A Z, Senate. 2018 at gmail.com. My webpage is going to be David for Senate. 
.us and .org. And that's going to my my webpage is going to launch by uh, next Thursday. Okay. All right. What Remember I I'm funding my own campaign here, okay? All right. I'm funding yeah. my own campaign here. It's it's a David and Goliath type issue. It's more like David dot, David versus government. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more thing, because I, I you know we're veterans, so what you gonna do about the yep. That's my thing. What you oh, that's you know, and, and you know, All right. you, you know, you know, you know I'm passionate about this. Army. This is this is my thing. All right. Get this. Mm-hmm. The VA. Right now, the VA has a director and assistant director, and it goes down from there like a chain of command. Captain, you know, lieutenant, major, whatever. Okay, so mm-hmm. my my in my case, I actually want to do this as a test thing here in Phoenix, but I want the director and the assistant director to be fired, gone. That's two hundred two hundred forty thousand dollars a year that the VA will save at that at that VA. That money, uh-huh. okay, is going to go back into the VA system, back into that VA system. I'm going to use Phoenix as an example because we're the worst VA around, I think. All right. After you fire the director and the assistant director, okay, you're going to put together a board. That board is going to be a veteran that a veteran that that's being cared for at the VA that is that used to be an officer, a member of the NCO, the the true the true backbone of the military. And you're going to have an enlisted person, somebody that, that retired or is seeking help as an enlisted person. It was not an NCO, okay? So you have the upper chain of command, the real, the real command, and the lower guys, okay? Now, those three people, there's going to be two more, all right? One is going to be a veteran that is 50% plus, and the other one is going to be a veteran that is under 50% as far as disability rating, Okay. So now you have both spectrums of who gets what and why, okay? Now, you have a treasurer and a secretary. So that board will meet every single month, whether it be every week with with whatever. You're going to have all departments have a department head. The surgeons will have a department head. The general practitioners will have a department head. The emergency room, the people that that take care of you daily, maintenance, Every single all whoever there'll be a department head for nurses. Okay, that two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you're saving by firing those those two people. Let's just say a hundred thousand. Okay, because I'm not really sure on their salaries. I could look it up real quick, but heck, let's just say a hundred thousand. Half of that money, fifty fifty thousand dollars, will go to those department heads, so they can concentrate on what they need for their department. They will set a budget for their department. They will go ahead and say, I need a raise for my doctors. I need a raise for my nurses. Our nurses need this. Facilities needs these, this equipment. Um, this this department's head says we need these vaccines or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Maintenance needs X amount of dollars, right? Each department head will go to the board and present their case. The board okay. will then take the the cumulative value or the cumulative monies that is dedicated for that VA and allocate it according to tier one, tier two, tier three. The most needed for the veteran is tier one, tier two, the most needed for, for the department and tier three will be a miscellaneous tier, which will be maybe about five to 10% of the budget that will be held in reserve 
for any emergency needs for any veteran in the VA system of that VA system. Okay. That money will be used to purchase a hotel where a veteran can go find a home at any time, but three hots in the cots comes with a price. You will volunteer at the hotel to work there or you will volunteer at the VA to work there. You will be three hots in the cot. If you're getting three hots, three, th- three meals, and you're getting a place to stay, you will volunteer your time. Plain and simple. That'll take care of our homeless veteran population. All right. The reason I make the VA, the VA, like the VA in Phoenix, buy a hotel, because if they go out and they buy a hotel, not only does the VA own that hotel, but now it's serving the veterans by, I need a home just for a couple months. Okay. You're willing to volunteer 20 hours a week? Yes. There you go. All right. You have volunteers from the hotel that will run a shuttle back and forth from the hotel to the VA or to any other clinic, right? to run veterans to clinics. So I'm covering by using the VA, the the veterans that need help, I'm covering a need. They need three hots in the cot. Well, we need a driver to drive David Espinosa from Goodyear to the VA in Phoenix. See what I'm saying? So that's the plan on how to take care of the VA. That's the plan on on how to make the best use for the money. The other thing is no monies can be used for President George Bush's picture that cost $200,000 in the main lobby. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. All right? Okay. Here's, here's All right. What you, do, what, you, what, you do, what you do is you go get veterans that are, that are architects. You get veterans that are artists. You get veterans that, that do sculptures. You get them to put their stuff all over the VA, pictures, posters, drawings, paintings all over the VA for sale. And they get 80% of the profit. They get 80% of the profit. If you put a, a picture for a hundred dollars and we sell it for you, you give the VA 20 bucks and you have $80. All you got to do is just put a picture up. Right. You see what I'm getting at? What about, um, yeah, but what about, and you know, you go to the doctor, you get there early and you still end up seeing the doctor an hour and a half later than what your appointment is. Okay. The, the, the appointment process, I have, a fix, I have a fix for the appointment process, too. Every single VA will have one clinic that is staffed 24 hours a day that is not urgent care and that is not emergency care. That is, if I call into the VA and they give me an appointment from a month from now, and I don't like that, I can go to that clinic and be seen on a, be seen on a number basis. Now serving number 12, now serving number 13, that. If it's a priority need, you go to urgent care. If it's more more of an emergency, you go to the emergency. Okay? If that doesn't work for the veteran, the there will be one person in the, each VA, like in the Phoenix, there will be one person. His whole entire job will be, be to go out to medical groups and say, will you take 25 VA patients and uh, we'll reimburse you X amount of dollars for every time you see them. Okay, and I know that'll happen. I know people in the medical groups that'll be like, "Yeah, we'll we'll service a veteran for fifty bucks." Fifty bucks? They're saying it costs one hundred and twenty-five per veteran. No, thirty to fifty dollars. Okay, so right. you're you're giving this group you're giving this group a patient that they just have to see for fifteen minutes and they get fifty bucks. Well, see, that's the okay. thing. Why only fifteen minutes? 
Why, why See, that's the problem. I have a problem with that too, but every appointment, everybody wants to get you in and get out. I hate that. You need to be seen yeah. completely, but to be seen right. completely, that should be a VA, a VA doctor. I think the doctors that are out and about that you get that you can go to because you don't like your appointment, they should see you for what is necessary for you right now, oh, not okay, for okay. the grand the, the grand okay, scheme of things. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So right. not only that, I don't know if you know, 50 percent and above are the only ones that get dental and vision. That's baloney. If you are rated <laughs> zero, okay. If you have a rating of zero, I don't care. It's a rating. You should be able to get medical, vision, dental. All of it, across the board. Okay, I think I think every VA should be in a, a university, and it should be on-the-job training, OJT, train nurses, train doctors, train people that want to want to be maintenance people, to train and they get a certificate or a degree from the VA, and they can go to work at any VA with that degree. Okay, because okay. I'm having a problem because I, I I brought this to my state and they're like, oh no, it has to be a state sponsored thing. It has to have to go accreditation. No, I think we could skip the accreditation and just make it so it's a VA thing. Where if I want to be a phlebotomist, I want to learn how to go ahead and take people's blood. I can go to the VA, be trained there, right? Put in all my hours right. that I need for training, and I can work at any VA hospital, any VA clinic, any VA. Um, you know what, doctor on the go. If if so and so needs blood drawn, I can go to his house, draw it, and then go back. I think the VA needs to be a nonprofit educational system. Okay, see what I'm getting at? All right. Yeah. So that take that that takes out all the taxes and all that that they pay, property and all that. That goes away because now now they're a nonprofit educational system. They are a university. It's the VA university. Hmm. See what I'm saying? So they they will take the public, you and me, and train us in the medical field. You can be trained as an emergency technician. You can be trained as a doctor. You can be trained as a nurse. You can be tra- anything that happens in the VA. You can be trained for. You can be trained for administration, business. I just want to drive. You can be a, You see what I'm saying? Anything, any any job that's at the VA, you can be trained for, and you'll get a certificate or a degree in that in that process. All right. That's it. It's pretty much what I think the VA should be. All right. You know? Well, then. Yeah. And and it sounds good. It sounds good. But we know. Now, before we leave, I want to say one thing, okay? I want to tell one story before we leave, okay? Okay. This is is my story, all right? When I I first turned 18 years old, I've been voting since I was 18, okay? When I first turned 18... I went and I registered. There was, a t- there was a lady registering people to vote. I went, I registered as a Democrat, right? I was very, very proud that I registered that I registered to vote. I went to go see my grandmother. My grandmother goes, hey, Grandma, look, I can vote now. She goes, really, what are you? I said, I'm a Democrat. She goes, get that out of here. You need to go back and change that. You cannot be a Democrat. You have to be a Republican. Right, my grandma's like eighty something years old at this point. Right? And I'm like, What? She goes, You go change it right now. All right. Now, because of the respect I have for my grandmother and my mom, I went back to the lady, I'm like, Hey, you know that registration thing I signed? She goes, Yeah. I said, I need it back. She goes, What? I said, I need it back. 
She goes, okay, gave it to me. I re-registered as a Republican. So I've been a Republican for that time minus half an hour. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? All right. Came back, told my grandmother she was all happy. And then she told me the history of the Democratic Party. I was in shock. I had no clue. Like the one that the lady that came on, on, on the show, sometimes you just don't know the history of your country. Okay. I didn't know the history of my, of the political party that I had, I had gone to. And she goes, she told me straight up, mijo, she goes, son, she goes, son, no matter what you do, always vote. But I never want you to run for office. I asked her why. She goes, because if you are spending more money to get a job than you will make, there's something wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, people are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a job that only pays them a few thousand. If you're doing that, there's a problem. Okay? So now nowadays, as you see it, Arizona, I was told by the RNC that in Arizona I have to have a, million, a minimum of $6 million to run for a Senate seat. I want to yeah. prove them wrong. I want I, I want to be I want to be the representative that represents all Arizona and United States citizens, and I want to do it saying that I spent my retirement check. You know, that's just what yeah. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's, yeah that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know what? And, and, you know, in the NCO that I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy out. I'm gonna help you out. Um, you know, because social media, with social media, you can get around all that. You can go places, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, you never know. Um, so I, have a go, I have a GoFundMe page. I have a GoFundMe page. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But if, until right. until I go ahead, until I actually go ahead and get my website going, that's the only thing I have right now. Um, okay. What is the GoFundMe? I have page? no. I have no you idea. Have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I've never used GoFundMe, but let's see, if you go to David Espinosa Jr. for U.S. Senate, let's see, what's it out here? I can put it on my own webpage, and we can see if we can get some things going. You know, heck, our old unit, half our old unit should put you over the, the top. <laughs> Dude, if I win, I'm right. bringing our whole unit to D.C., dog. Why are you going to play? It's uh, oh, no, David it's David, David <laughs> here it is. David Espinosa Jr. for U.S. Senate. Okay. At GoFundMe, at GoFundMe, I guess. Okay. So I just put that All together right. about a month ago, but I really haven't done much with it because, you know what I'm saying? But it's right. GoFundMe dot right, me. You, you'll find it. Yeah. It's David Espinosa. Yeah, you got to get it out there, man. You know, throw it out there on, the, on your Facebook page and stuff. All right, but we'll talk I put it. It's on my Facebook. If you go to my Facebook, it's on there. Okay. Go All to right. my Facebook, it's on there. All right, David. We're running short on time now, but thank you, man. Appreciate it. It was fun. And um, like I say, you know, as as you go through the process, uh, we'll have you back on the show and see how you're doing. Okay? Yeah, I appreciate that greatly. Yeah. I really do. Um I thank your listeners for their questions and their comments. Uh, I want them to know that uh, I hear them and I've listened to them. I don't. I don't just hear you. It doesn't go out one ear, go out the other. No, I listen, 
And um, the one thing I'm going to do as a representative for Arizona is make sure that if anybody wants to see me, they get to see me. That's the way it's going to be. Oh, All right. Man. All right. All right, sir. Thank Thanks, you. brother. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> All right. Take care. All right. All right, y'all. What a wonderful show, man. I like that. A lot of questions, a lot of answers. Your man has a lot of great ideas, great ideas. So we're going we're gonna to keep track and see how you do. And if there's anything we can do to help, we're going to do it. That includes you, too. All right. Um, that basically is going to do it, I think. Yeah, except for, you know, my little closing statement I got to make. And other than that, we're going to be all right. Um, Check this out. You know, yesterday, well, Friday, President Trump signed the uh, proclamation saying, you know, I mean, January 15th is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You know, and he had to have some black staff and some other blacks standing in the corner as he gave the speech. Then, and then... Martin Luther King's nephew, Isaac Newton somebody, what's his name, Isaac Newton Ferris, which I thought was a crazy name, but anyway, he got up and he spoke, and then Ben Carson, you know, spoke, who had just happens to be the most senior member, uh, African-American member of the Trump administration, spoke, and then you had the ceremony signing, and y'all know I pay attention to a lot of stuff, I do. But the thing that really stood out to me was no matter what is going on, no matter what is going on, they always have to say, thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. Now, here's my issue with this whole thing. Haitians, African countries, Nigeria, they're going to come to the United States. And never go back to Africa. They're huts in Africa. Why in the heck do I want to stay anywhere around that man during that time? Why? Why? And smile? No. No. Only person who should have been there probably was Ben Carson. And, of course, the Reverend Daryl, um, what's his name? Reverend Daryl Scott. Know, but we got to do better. We got to do better. Yeah, this is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday day, it's a celebrated birthday. And everybody got out and, you know, marched up the street or did just your, your, your community service, except for your president, of course. Um, that's great. That's fine. But are you doing these things on a daily basis? This is a part of your daily stroll, not just on one day. Hey. Even Martin Luther King Jr. said it himself. When it came to integration, he may have made a mistake. He said that himself. Nobody else said that. He said it. And here we are today. We're still struggling. We're still fighting. Like I used to say a long time ago, and I still say it, I don't want to be equal with nobody. I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be equal. I want to be more than equal with anybody. And that's what we should be striving for. But until we look out for each other and realize we have to work together, it's always going to be like this. It's always going to be like this. You get a day in January. You get a month, 
whether it's 28 or 27 days in February, then that's it. No, no, no. That's not the way it should be. All right, that's it for me, man. We ain't got no music going on or nothing. We just going home. Um, thank y'all for dropping by. Sister Goni Sarge, Pianki, um, Thomas, uh, Exit Babylon, um, everybody who, who stopped by that I didn't see, thank y'all. I appreciate it. If you missed any part of the show, you can always go to the archives um, at www.ericletstalk. <laughs> I'm sorry, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk and hear it in the archives. And I'll be uploading this show um, on the webpage as well, probably later on this evening. So if you missed any of it, you can go and find it in those places, okay? Uh, don't forget you can shoot me an email at ericlesstalk at gmail.com or co-host P. Ross at p.leona.ross24 at gmail.com. All right? So that's it, man. Y'all, you know what? I'm going to play my song again because it's time. All right, y'all have a great man. We're getting out of here. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. See y'all Friday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 Mountain Time. Now remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. If you can laugh at yourself, everything else is gravy. All right? So see y'all Friday, man. And y'all better be here on time. All right, I'm out. Bye. Maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't put your blame on me. Don't put your blame on me. Take a look in the mirror, and what do you see? Do you see it clearer, or are you deceived? What you believe Cause I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Don't put your blame on me Don't put the blame on me.